Hey, real quick, if you're a return listener and you love low-value mail as much as I love doing it, please just do me a solid, leave a rating, leave a review. It really does help. All right, on to the show. I like their intro music. What's up, Queens? Female Dating Strategy Podcast. The Bean is female-only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. And I'm Savannah. And this is Lilith. And today we're going to talk about managing a dating rotation, a.k.a. Scrotation. 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 more controversial ideas that we talk about on FBS. And it's controversial to both men and to women. Uh. For men, it's easy to understand because they think that if women are dating multiple men at once, then they assume okay. you must be sleeping with all of them. And then that. No, um, you're just trying to get free shit. We know the grift. To, you know, Chicks are grifters. Ideals about, you know, female sexuality and, and purity and so on. But um, with FDS, we we tell people that you can have a dating rotation. And by the way, let me know if their levels are okay because their levels I can't really manage, unfortunately, and they do not mix their shit at all. So I can turn it up. Sex with all of them or any of them even. Smash um, that like, y'all. Dating rotation. It's basically to not get too hung up on one guy pretty much yeah not not get hung up on one guy and not to get into a place where you feel desperate and lonely because then you will act out of a place of insecurity instead of a place of security yeah and a lot of honestly like these are as much as these are like dating tips these are also just like tips of your like in sales the subreddit um say that they don't want to do a dating rotation, that they agree with everything with FDS, but that's the one thing that they don't want to do. And we're going to address some of those oh, you know FAQs, what? common complaints uh, in this episode. But I guess, first of all, let's talk about like what are some benefits of the of the dating rotation before we get the scrotation. I think for me, one of the biggest benefits is, is it too um, because I tend to get invested very quickly into relationships and i think since i've started this rotational dating i've been able to maintain a really good i'm sorry just the fact that i'm just casually using the term scrotation i don't know if i'm gonna be able to get through this especially men so for example i'm not checking my phone when they've you know if they've like text me back in a reasonable time sometimes i you know i can i can even forget to text them back no it doesn't sound like you're forgetting to text them back it sounds like this is pretty calculated and you're just playing games occasionally and it just gives you that perspective as well i mean when you are like if you purposely forget then you're not forgetting it's almost like a job interview right so when uh, because (laughs) i've been involved in recruitment before it's so much easier to see who the top candidate is compared against other candidates candidates they'll do something that essentially sets them head and shoulders above the rest of them um you know so it's almost like that and i i just feel it's if you're only seeing the one person you know like Ro touched on before it's easy to get into that scarcity mindset um especially if we if we sort of agree that you know like high value again if there were three guys giving this advice about Having a bunch of chicks, they would be fucking like villains. Man, it's rare. I mean, we say rare, but and to my point, like I think it's fine both people doing it, but it's we're at the point where like this is being lifted up, and then guys doing it is being like you know, you there's know like seven billion people negatively on the planet. Viewed. There are a good number of them, even though they're rare at the same time. Um, it stops you getting into that scarcity mindset as well, and also it's fun. 
<laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. I like the attention. Yeah. That's exactly it. It's fun. If you're doing it right, it's fun. You have to really, you have to be ruthless about your boundaries. And that's why. Damn, dude. Honestly, guys have been like, again, every, like so many guys I know have been like, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been doing this. Quick to say you need to cut people off because the more you engage with low value men, the more it brings down your energy. And, you know, part of the rotational dating benefit is that you start to flex that boundary muscle right learning how to say no learning when your energy is being imposed upon by some scrody type energy because sometimes you just, know, energy. Right? you just you can feel when the energy shifts in a scrody dopalicious and, and you're like you know i'm not feeling this and if you are you know doing it right you start to know okay i need to end this conversation i need to end this interaction either now or or possibly permanently yeah um, it, it, and the other thing about a dating rotation, it makes it much easier to see red flags when they do occur. Yes. When you're only seeing one person at a time and you're feeling more invested in that person, it's too easy to look past red flags or rationalize them because you want to keep seeing that person because you don't have anyone else in your rotation. There's no one else. Scrotation, ladies. On the bench. Um, but when you have more than one guy in your rotation. I wonder how they feel about the fact that if they have a scrotation, like, do they think that they're in just some random guy's roster as well? Like, is one of those guys, like, are they expecting that they're one of the five girls that the guy's seeing, or? You tend to... All right, we're going one quarter speed. I don't devalue men, but you don't idealize him. You're less likely to idealize him. And it makes it much easier to walk away at the first sign of disrespect. Yeah, exactly. Like, you'll take them off the pedestal. And a lot of women say... Um, Again, the pedestal, take them off the pedestal. That is pickup artist, like, lingo to a T. That's the shit they say. Don't put women on a pedestal. Oh, you know, I can do all of these things while still dating one person at a time. Like, I just have to be careful about not idealizing them. I just have to do this and this and this and, and so on. And I almost... I don't understand that because... Um, you can't just will yourself to having a different attitude. Like the way that you act when you're dating more than one person at a time and the way that you act when you only have one person in your roster, it literally does affect your attitude and your perception. I think it's unrealistic to say, like, I can just will myself to have a different perspective. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you just, you won't see your full buffet of options, right? If, you, if you're only dealing with one or two guys, you won't really know what's available out there. And there's, there's certain things that, you know, I, I experience with one man that I'm like, oh, okay, from now on, I need this in my relationship that I may not have known if I had just like been focused on one guy. You might have even known that there's guys that will do things that you might might not that you might like, but you've never explored your options fully. So you don't know it yet. It's you know the, the purpose of rotational dating is also to just kind of understand what it's weird because these chicks are very like these chicks are very much against like the liberal feminism of just like be a huge whore, but then they're also like be a huge whore. Just like, you know don't don't go on thrall too hard to the table even low value men they might have one or two areas where they where they kind of shine but like they're just sucky overall and, that, and that's how you get sucked in right it's not like they're all, <laughs> all the way horrible there's usually something about them that, that that does attract you to them but the drawbacks are too large so shine on you crazy low value man i think if you start to understand okay what kinds of things do i actually like and what kinds of things are deal breakers and i think fds has done its best to try to create a map of what deal breakers should be then um you can really get closer and closer into understanding the type of guy that's gonna make you happy yeah. And another objection that's re that's related to what you just said there, Ro, is um, I, you know, there's so few high value men out there and I really struggle to meet even one guy who meets all of my standards. And so. I yeah, because your standards are way too high. I think they cannot imagine, you know, uh, the possibility of having more than one guy who meets their standards in their dating rotation. 
and I'm going to be real with you. Like when you're in a, when you're doing a dating rotation, not all of them are going to be high value men. Even if they seem, you don't say, you don't say that these girls who have a fucking fem cell podcast are going to have multiple high value men's in this rotations value at first. You never know down the line. They could be, they could turn out to be low value. And that's the point of vetting of, um, incorporating these guys in your dating rotation is they're not all going to be perfect, but sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to get a bunch of quarters in order to get a dollar, right? Yeah. What? In order to have all of your needs met, you just got to get more than one guy. Like sometimes you'll one guy who meets your needs in one so what are these chicks, Polly or something? Yeah, but you don't Mormons? see him as husband material for whatever reason, but you enjoy spending time with him right here, right now. You know, why not like go on a few dates and have fun and, and do fun activities and try new restaurants and so on, right? Like, yeah, just because you don't see this person as your future husband, doesn't mean that you can't uh, enjoy each other's company right here, right now. Right. And that's why, you're, again, your cutoff game has to be ruthless. Because if you cease to have fun, don't go out with them. Don't waste your time. That drains you, right? Exactly. I can't tell you how many times I've wasted time. And I'm like, why did I do this? Why did I drive across town? Why, you know, why did I entertain this for much longer than I needed to? You know, if you start to get fiercely protective of your time and energy, then it should it should be all happy fun times, right? It shouldn't be like a big drain and a big depressing thing to take on. Exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of women imagine a dating rotation and they picture all of their bad past dating experiences and they think what if i just had instead of one guy treating me like shit i have like five guys treating me like shit now we're talking key is is that you only include guys in your dating rotation if you enjoy your time with them if they make you feel obviously what kind of advice is this then you cut them off you cut them off like obviously um but yeah like do women really need this advice where yo if you're with five guys and they're all being shitty to you maybe cut all of them off say there's a guy like one guy i had in my dating rotation he was a lot of fun but he was one of those van lifer guys right so he didn't like have a house or anything he lived in a van but i gotta say he was a really good travel buddy and we did a lot of fun activities he lived in a van down by the river like literally i mean he didn't always park it by the river like saturday night live like (laughs) yeah Yeah, so i had him in my dating rotation we saw each other for a few months and i I knew right then and there like this guy is not husband material like he's not he's also just got that like nomadic lifestyle that's not uh a good fit for yeah but i was like not to be the bearer of bad news to her but like i don't think he wanted you to be his wife the guy lives in a fucking van long-term relationship material but you know what right here right now like it's summertime uh you know it's it's fun like why not you go you go to the beach you do different activities together um why not it's it's a pleasurable experience yeah (laughs) sorry (laughs) um so the first, your first point was the benefit, and then your second point was yeah. The be- so we talked about the benefits of rotational dating, and I did want to talk about some like I, I think I've already addressed some of the common objections, which is you know, how do I manage a dating rotation when most men are trash? Here's the thing though, um, with rotation- most men are trash. Like, not to shit. I've had friends who lived in vans because they were like again nomadic and like kind of into camping and stuff, and like it's not necessarily, but like you still dated him. Like, don't talk like you're above this shit. Dating men are always going to be on their best behavior in the first three months. And so even if there's a possibility that he's not going to be as awesome as he was up front, like even if in the future he stops being that much fun, I say like, why not enjoy those first three months when the guy's on their best behavior, right? Like, right. <laughs> even if he turns out to be low value later on, um, just exploit their desire to be on their best behavior in those first three months. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I see on the subreddit a lot women saying, um, you know, oh, he could turn out to be low value in the future. So there's no point in seeing. That's him. crazy that you can just turn out to be low value. Like, I guess you're hiding that you're low value. Like you can shape shift almost as like you could be a high value or a low value man, and then you could be pretending to be high value. Or um, whenever we, we have a post in the handbook that's called "Establishing Queen Energy from Day One," and they have a handbook. Oh God! And it's more shit I got to deal with. 
that post was really a game changer for me and for my approach to dating. Um, and a lot of people sort of almost like um, critique that post or that the idea behind that post, which is if you have to put on this whole front and act a certain way and do all this stuff in order to get a guy to treat you well, when you know he wouldn't be treating you well if you weren't doing these things, then you don't need a man like that in your life. And it's partially true in the sense that, yeah, you don't want to like marry and have kids with someone like that, where the guy is only good so long as you're putting on this like, you know, ruthless alpha bad bitch demeanor, right? So yeah, he's not husband material, but that's the sort of guy where if you establish queen energy from day one, he knows that he has to work hard to impress you. He's only going to do that for three months. So you may as well enjoy that first three months. And then as soon as he drops the act, that's when you move on. Right. And then, he, you know, you thank him for the, uh, the free dinners <laughs> and then you can go on to Reddit and rage about meeting a girl from free dinner strategy. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's not even about the free dinners. It's just if, if the person, I'm just kidding. If he's on his best behavior. I mean, you're not though. And he's, because guys, when they're on their best behavior, um, guys can be a lot of fun to be around when they're on their best behavior. First off, the idea, this notion that you're like, oh, guys are, they're holding something back. They're not telling you their whole, like, who they really are. You don't get to know who they really are until a few months in. And you're like, yeah, same with women. You think it's different? You know how many fucking every guy goes, yeah, she's real crazy. I didn't find out until month four. But not so much when they're not on their best behavior. Um, so may as well enjoy his like desire to impress you. <laughs> Why not? Um, oh yeah, I, I see that another, I just want to back up a little bit and explain like my sort of, uh, philosophy on like the impermanence of dating or the impermanence of relationships, which is that I see a lot of women saying things like, there's no, this sounds like such a thing a guy would say to baby, just the impermanence of relationships. You know, I just want to smash and dating men. Like 99% of men are trash. You know, he's just going to leave, you know, we're going to get married, have kids together. He's just going to leave me for his secretary, half his age and so on. Yeah. And yep. while those fears are definitely well-founded and valid, I do just want to say that there is value in, I don't know. My, my personal opinion is like, even if that man might leave me 10 years from now, so long as your memories with them in the present, you know, during those 10 years are good then who cares if it's going to end one day? Like I, I Very Shakespearean. It's better to have loved or whatever they say. I don't care if a relationship loved and lost. is going to end someday. But all relationships end, either through death or separation. That's exactly it. Oh, all that's dark. Someday through, you're either going to break up or one of you is going to die. Like All relationships end. And so I ask women out there to look inside of yourself and ask yourself, are my expectations of a forever relationship, is that serving me, right? I find too often women go into relationships looking for their soulmate and if they can't find their soulmate they think there's no point in dating at all but it's like who cares if the relationship ends 10 years from now if the time that you spend together right now is good then again that brings us back to well but there is the one main thing here is that if you want to have kids and that you know that that complicates things anyways come on let's get me to 100 likes we got it has to be good right you have you have to actually be enjoying your time with that person and so if you're getting married and you don't actually like this person or you don't enjoy spending time with them, then yeah, like if you break up one day, it's going to suck that much harder because <laughs> you wasted all this time for nothing, right? Yeah. You're not like, yeah. like guy and then feel like you invested all this time in a guy that didn't work out. In my personal opinion, I don't really care if we're going to break up someday. I'm not really interested in having kids. So that's not really a factor for me. For me, I'm just really about enjoying my present with this person. And th the thing is, you have to actually enjoy your time with this person. That's why you have to cut them off with the first sign of disrespect. Um, but you know what? Even if he leaves you in 10 years for, uh, you know, his secretary, who cares? <laughs> if, if the time that you enjoyed with that person was good, who cares if it's going to, if they're going to break up with you one day? Like, all relationships end one way or another, either through death or through separation. That's it. Damn, So the next dark. common question we get is, how do you find enough men to fill up your rotation? Because, like you said before, there's a lot of men who are low value. And 
there's a lot of men that are just like flat out a waste of time. How do you find enough men to fill up your rotation ready meat men? <laughs> is this really real life right now? You go, that's so hard to find men. This is where I'm going to mount a defense of online dating. I know online dating is a controversial topic on the subreddit. A lot of women swear off it, say, you know, it's like low value. And, you know, yes, the criticisms are valid. I think with online dating, you know, the shit rises to the top. It's really, it's really easy. You're using online dating, Savannah. I don't know who the fuck this chick thinks she is. Low value men at the top, which is a blessing. In the You're low value. But anyway, in terms of the rotational dating, I think online dating, because of the sheer number of men on there, and the fact that women are the minority on these apps, if you are looking to practice, say, you know, your, um, you know, your dating skills or to meet more men, then online dating is a godsend. Or even, you know, not even necessarily online dating, but online events such as, you know, meetup, for example, or, um, or something like that. But just getting online can be a godsend to if you're looking to meet more men i think people who dismiss online dating can sometimes forget that not every woman lives in a city or lives in a place where has hobbies where there are a lot of men so online dating can be a really really good way to connect the only caveat i would say is if you do meet a guy on an online dating app is to is to do the pre the pre-screening call before you meet and to meet as soon as possible so don't have um, a relationship on Tinder for six months. Like, don't be talking to him on Tinder for six months. Like, try. I agree with. I honestly agree with that. Other than the pre-screening call, and to meet up to do the pre-screen and to meet up as soon as possible. Definitely don't call it a pre-screen. Like, hey, you free for a pre-screen later? You know, I'm good. But this is where I think online dating can be a useful <laughs> tool um, for women just to come across more men. Um, ultimately, if yeah. we if we accept that finding a high value man is rare, then you know, the more men we meet, the more likely we are to come across one. It, Bitches, you ain't finding a high-value man. It doesn't make sense to me that the people who say, oh, you know, you know, you know, high-value men are so rare, but then they're dating one man a year. I was like, you'll never meet one. Um, and <laughs> so and the only way to meet a high-value man is to put yourself out there um, in, in, in the dating world. That's not to say that every man is going to be high-value, but there is... Most of them will not be. We already established they're a small minority. There is something to be said about about numbers. Just the more men you meet, the more likely it is you, the more likely it is you'll come across one. It's just mathematics. This yeah, chick I, must I, be a just fucking disease bag with that kind of mentality. I used to use online dating a lot more pre-FDS. I mean, because I, I, I joined FDS around the same time that the pandemic hit, and so... I haven't really been act that active with online dating. Um, the people that I've been on dates with are people that I know from friends or from friends of family, uh, just because I find it's easier to vet those people. That way I know that they're not like, you know, you can get a sense if I can hear from my friends and family, if they're the sort of person who wears a mask or if they're good about, you know, trying to reduce uh, their risk of getting coronavirus. Whereas with online dating, you have no idea what that person is like outside of that date. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, online dating is not, um, I don't think it's the worst. I, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's a playground for predators and so on. I've met some pretty good guys on online dating in the past, actually. This is all pre-FDS, right? So my standards are, are different now. But the... <laughs> all right, just fucking answer the question. Do any of you have a boyfriend? The way that I managed online dating before FDS was... I'm almost embarrassed to tell this story because it's going to make me sound like a monster. Um, but basically, <laughs> I would... We've been listening for... This is the 17th episode. You're not going to surprise us. Set my location to Alberta, and then I would meet guys who worked in the oil fields. Um, this is a 
very specific dating strategy. That's very by the weird. way, I fucking me and Ryan used to do this more so me, but at the really at the beginning, I I like my out of relationship and like and then Tinder came out a week later. I had like a long term relationship and then Tinder came out a week later. And then this is before they had the settings in the app, and there was like some other app you could download that would change your location. So then we would like go on the road and stuff to do stand up, and we just like set our Tinder. To the city we were going to a week in advance. It was like oh, Western Canada specific, so I don't think this will have broad appeal. Um, but the reason why <laughs> I did is because guys who work in the oil fields, they're young, but they also have money. And so if you want to date a guy who has money but isn't an old man, that's like a good option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard of people doing that. There's people that um, put different zip codes in their Tinder so they can get a different uh, type of man. Yeah like radius of guys yeah absolutely yeah that's what i would do yeah i would literally like because i used to travel a lot um pre-fds days as well so i'll literally set like, a different country and the guys would be like so confused they'll be like you're in the uk why have we <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was great like i suppose you can sort of almost manipulate i guess the sort of guys that come up <laughs> in a way i'm telling you if there was <laughs> i cannot get over the fact that this was a guy podcast talking about this people would be like this is very problematic that's exactly it like you're located you know if you're in a university city you're more likely to meet guys who are like young and broke <laughs> exactly i lived in a university city and i didn't really like the other guys that were in my age group or in my city right um now here's the thing when i floated this idea in the fds discord a lot of women were horrified at this idea because they were like um you know, oh, a lot of these guys, they tend to be conservative or they tend to not have the same educational background as me. We don't have, see the same things like politically. They're, you know, usually chauvinistic and so on. And while that is partially true, I have to say that um, my experiences dating, you know, working class guys, a lot of them were conservative. Um, they were generally pretty wholesome in general. In my personal experience, I can't speak to, to everyone, but um, these guys... <laughs> they were so starved of female affection that they would have no qualms about driving like 16 hours to have a date with me. And 16 I hours. That is some, I know exactly what she's talking about, by the way, she was basically dating guys. She would like lives in probably Vancouver or something or like fucking Burnaby or some shit. And then she would set her Tinder profile to be in Fort McMurray. <laughs> I love that. Like I, I, I love that. And um, so what would happen is they would, basically drive through the night to have a date with me and at the end of the night and oh and holy other, fuck imagine driving 16 hours and then you get there and this is what's waiting thing a lot of women fuck. were concerned that um oh if he's driven that far then he might try to pressure me for sex and while that did happen there were a few guys where after the date they'd be like <laughs> oh are you gonna come back to my hotel room and i said like no you know it's like i had a great time but you know i don't uh, you know don't want to have sex on the first date some of them did get sort of aggy with me like um you know, oh, I drove 16 hours. They drove 16 hours. Honestly, that is just common courtesy at that point to give them a handy or something. 16 hours. Hours, and I spent all this money, and you're just going to like make me waste it, blah, blah, blah. And see, here's the thing that's when you say no and then leave. And then you know never to talk to that guy again, right? So if you are afraid. But he's also like, fuck, I drove 16 hours. Of being pressured into having sex on the first date. <laughs> You know, just that's that's on you. That's a boundary setting issue. So, yeah. But mo more often than not, surprisingly, the guys would just be like, oh, that's OK. I had a really great time. I hope I get to see you again. Like, they were so cute and so wholesome. Right. Like, they were just so excited to see me. Yeah. They're just so excited to have a date with a woman. Yeah. I mean, high value versus. Yeah. And again, and you probably never went on a date with them ever again because you go, you know what? That kind of level of desperation where he was like the fact that he was happy about me stonewalling him and driving 16 hours. You kind of add all that up. and You're like, oh, that's like a super desperate guy. I don't want anything to do with him and probably never saw right. them again isn't really about income it's really about 
their character and that yeah. I mean, as someone who's dated across income spectrums and ed- education spectrums who's, who dated working class guys as well as like highly educated guys um it's really a crapshoot and you know there are pros and cons to dating either type you know either either your type a white collar workers or you know blue collar workers so i don't think that that's not unusual is what i'm saying like i, I can co-sign that that's i've experienced that as well exactly yeah like there are some really great decent guys who are working class that doesn't mean they're poor because these guys working on the oil fields they were making like six figures yeah they're Um, they're not poor at all if you know anything about these guys in the oil fields they make fucking bank um, but they were just you know they had a high school education and i was in university and um i I, I actually thought i had a good time we we would go out on dates and stuff and you know some women are like oh we'd have nothing in common we would have nothing to talk about you find things to talk about if you have good enough people skills and especially if they have a good character and they already have that like baseline of respect and like decency um, you know, there's no reason why you can't enjoy one another's company, right? And also, I mean, I'm also low-key kind of like a redneck, even though I live in, in the city. So, I mean, <laughs> we'd like go out sometimes, like I dated one guy and we'd go out and like rip around on our dirt bikes and stuff. And so that was like, that was fun. Like we, we did she have a dirt bike. So this might not work for everyone, but it worked for me personally. And the reason right. why I liked this as a dating strategy is because they were only in town for like one or two weeks every month or every six weeks. And so that's how I managed to date like six guys at once, right? Like the, you would just manage your time. Work. Yeah, exactly. You would, I'd have like... <laughs> I mean, first off, this shit is. God, I know a lot of guys who have done this. I've done something similar to this when I was single. This is a. This is literally like a part-time job doing this stuff, though. Like managing this whole thing is like having another job. Long-distance boyfriends, and they'd only be in town, like not all at the same time, obviously. But every week, I had a different boyfriend, and they'd come down, and we'd go on dates, and they'd spend a bunch of money on me, and we'd have an awesome time. And you know what? Like they enjoyed it. They were having a good time. They weren't feeling hard done by. And I ended up. Um, all of this came to an end when I ended up actually having a relationship oh. with one of them. But he was only in town for like two weeks every six weeks. So he'd be like two weeks off, six weeks on. And he paid for an apartment for us to live in, for us to share. But it was mostly me just living there by myself most of the time, which I loved. And then when he was in town, you know, we'd, uh, you know, he had somewhere to stay that was not a hostel <laughs> and not his shitty parents' house. And we had a good time, right? So that's how I've managed a dating rotation in the past. That and was a then what happened? Because I would not have been able to meet these guys were it not for online dating. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. a tool. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a tool in your arsenal. I wouldn't say, and I always, you know, I've said on the Discord as well, I think a hybrid approach is the most optimal um, if you can stand it. Because I know online dating can be really, um, it can be really difficult for women, especially if they've just been going through. I mean, it's literally, could it, if there's anybody who it's the easiest for, it's by far women. What's essentially the garbage. But I do think some online dating apps are better than others. Yes, I was going to say that. Like, I've mentioned Tinder, but Tinder, I would... Tinder?! say it's probably the worst of the pack yeah um i've had success on on other sites such as hinge even before like, i was fds i actually had good success on reddit of all places can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> what what's next craigslist <laughs> on reddit yeah when i was like i think this is when i was about 18 and i just started um using reddit i actually had decent success on reddit yeah i had a, i had some good success on okcupid that seemed to be yes that as well yeah yeah that's how i met all of all of these guys I met on OkCupid, yeah. But Tinder is just... My friend uh, met... I'd, I'd stay away from OkCupid, guys. My, I don't know if people even use it anymore, but then my friend met this girl on there, and then uh, she broke up with him and he killed himself, so... Because <laughs> Tinder doesn't allow you to filter enough. Like, it's just whoever, right? Yeah. And I know they have their algorithm or whatever, but it doesn't make sense to me. And it's just too many men just, like, looking for Polly or clearly looking to cheat or just... Yeah, it's just, like, blatantly... Reddit dating like, okay, is... OkCupid's questions because then that helps to get to know their attitude a lot better yes are you a scrote yes or no whereas like tinder you can literally leave everything blank right that just tells you nothing it's just such a waste of time yeah so i guess i guess we are saying 
maybe drop Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Tinder. <laughs> yeah, Tinder. I would swear that. Tinder. Yeah, guys on Tinder have to see, seem to have this attitude like, if you're on Tinder, that means you have to fuck me on the first date. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's their that's their sort of attitude. Where My rule is, if I drive more than fourteen hours to see you, you got to smash. On OkCupid, it's not a given that you're gonna that it's a hookup app. Like people are using that with the understanding that they're looking, or at least some guys will use it to try to hook up. But at least you are you have the you know, legitimacy to be like, no, I'm looking for a relationship. They can't just be like, well, why are you on Tinder, right? Well, Tinder was the first, not the best. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, finding, so we talked about finding your scrotation online, but what about <laughs> real life? So I would say for me, I'm a person that like, <laughs> obviously the pandemic kind of clipped my wings on this, but I actually do like to go out and be social. I would do a lot of like local social events and I'm a pretty like outgoing extroverted person. So I don't know, I don't know if this would be the best strategy for people who are more introverted, but for people who are like, who are people people and like to go out go out and talk to people i have found like going to events where there's likely to be a lot of men of like you know if you're trying if you're trying to date by either social class obviously like paid events are going to be a way to weed out guys that are maybe you know not doing as well i don't even know if i want to say it that way <laughs> like, uh no, that's fair enough that's, that's fair enough I also found, like, when I was a student, like, public lectures were quite a good place to meet people and men as well. Yeah, they still do. There's actually quite a few. What? Um, there's, like, a, a lot of people that do these uh, live talks, and they're usually from different authors that have a book out. You can go to those type of events, and you'll find, you know, people that have a similar interest in any particular author or artist or whatever that you... Guys, you hear that? You want to smash <laughs> fucking Barnes & Noble when some book author... Is there? Uh, are interested in chicks are chicks are, uh, um, book, yeah, book are easy good. picking at book um, <laughs> festivals, gaming nights. Um, I try to do some of the meetup like dating stuff, and it's always full of weirdos. Have you ever done meetup? No, I don't know if that's a U.S. thing. So there's there's a um like a social meeting app called meetup.com i found meetup to be like not not bad dude but just like very socially awkward guys <laughs> so i probably would skip that if you're looking to meet people in real life but they they used to have like these um these uh like meetups for singles or bar crawls and everything and i didn't particularly like those um but there's also like sports leagues like amateur sports leagues um like there's soccer beach volleyball um and don't worry if you're not that good at athletics like there's there's always like the people that shine, but there's a ton of other people that just come to drink afterwards. <laughs> so I think it's just a matter anywhere of, that there's alcohol. Good idea. Good start. Getting out there, getting active, being active in your community, and like practicing your flirting tips. Right. So um, I know we should do another episode about like flirting specifically, but I think you know practicing your people skills, learning to um, you know bridge conversations. You know if you, if you can find these different niche areas to meet guys, then you can build your rotation that way i've met a couple guys <laughs> at the gym actually yeah i have as well here's the thing though is like meeting men at the gym can be fraught with uh awkwardness and i don't like the guys that just like come up and hit on like every girl um what i've done the two i've only met two guys at the gym and both in both cases it's because i go to the gym at the same time every single day and so i tend to see the same other people because they also go at the same time every day and so if i see the same guy we tend to like if i like him we'll kind of like look at each other make eye contact you know, maybe I'll like go over there and, oh, how many sets do you have left? Like, oh, okay. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Eventually, you know, we get to talking and they ask about my program and I talk about it and they ask about them and so on. And so there, it's program. Oh, the like exercise program. I'm not, you're like, <laughs> podcast. Then we exchange numbers, like, right. So it's about like the repeated, you don't want to just cold approach, right? Like you want to have it be someone you see regularly. And then if you kind of look at each other and there's some maybe mutual attraction there, then you go for it kind of thing. But I would never, 
respond to a guy who was just cold approaching every girl at the gym. Yeah, those guys are creepy. But yeah, if, if you you build famili- familiarity if you go to the same spots all the time. If you go to the same gym at the same time every day, because you usually meet other people who are also like that. And that's how you make friends is you just, it's just repeat interactions. Another underrated place, uh, car shows and sneakers, sneakerheads. Really? What? Yeah. It's going to car shows? Oh. Um, car shows, you can meet guys. A lot yeah, of- a lot of guys at car shows, oddly. You'll meet guys all over the spectrum. There's single guys as well as like, you know, families. But, um, and I actually like cars. I like to go there. Um, if you're Interesting. If you do any type of uh, like alternative sports like X Games. Mm, yeah. That's Interesting really Lilith. Place to meet guys. Another good place. Um, and I think a place that will likely increase your chances of coming across a high value man. It's not a guarantee, but it's through volunteering. Yeah, that too. Um, especially for something like a social justice cause or um, like a listening like volunteer service. I, I found at uni, it tended to attract people who genuinely cared and who would work really really hard because you're volunteers you're not paid so there's no incentive to actually do a lot but for the intrinsic value yeah of doing it yeah yeah exactly but like the guys who worked really really hard um and really really cared about who would have known volunteering high value move their cause they were always high value men with, with that there's a lot of uh charity runs yes like 5ks and marathons if you're lucky they'll also be athletic types so they'll be running for a charity and so you can meet up doing one of the training sessions if you want to run for one of the, like sign, all the charities have usually have some kind of sponsor team you can sign up to train with their sponsor team and you'll you can meet guys who are their advice is literally go have a hobby and then meet men at your hobby yeah everybody knows that you know i'm running for the american red cross and you know during training you'll make friends that way definitely I, I, that's- i'm running for trump desantis 2024 that's a good strategy and i've met guys um you know, um, working, volunteering for the SPCA and stuff. Like, I don't know if you, any of you have ever, like, fostered dogs, but you can meet people from volunteering for for, um, for animal shelters. However, I will say, beware of the, like, self-righteous, like, liberal virtue signaling guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because those guys yeah. tend to also get drawn. Those guys tend to be rapists. Causes, and they will actually go to these causes specifically to, like, pick up women, right? No! A lot of them are, like... So they're like basically like soft boys right like fuck boys but they appeal to your emotions instead of your body so yeah you can meet high value men there but also be aware of that specific type of guy who's pretending to be high value smug <laughs> porn sick soft boy like you said yeah smug porn sick liberal virtue signaling soft boy and, and on the flip side of that there's also like the uber conservative guys so you'll find those a lot of times at like the christian charities so if you do a christian charity run be careful of those guys because those are the guys that are like oh those poor backwards brown countries don't know what they're doing in life you know they have this very condescending attitude towards people who are like different it's, it's like benevolent racism and benevolent sexism and it can be kind of icky to be around yes mm-hmm. benevolent racism oh man i could rant for hours about those like charity like mission mission trips and stuff yes yeah yeah yes. but that's that's a topic for another video or another podcast yeah i can't <laughs> wait for that one but yeah anyways so now that we talked about where to find your scrotation Let's talk about some techniques to screen <laughs> out all the bad guys. At least this is an actual female dating strategy podcast. They can really get off the rails, subject. but I mean, this is really the thing is, direct. Once you browse FDS enough, you'll know what are the bad things to look for. It's just a matter of having the uh, being committed to the idea of letting go and just cutting them loose as soon as you notice a red flag. Having the guts to follow through on having the labia to follow through on your actions. Having the <laughs> big <laughs> over <laughs> big yeah. energy. You gotta like. You just gotta do it, sis. Like. I know it sucks. And sometimes you see, you meet a guy, you know, and I know that feeling you meet a guy and he takes all of your boxes and he's like 99% perfect. But then there's just that one thing about him. That's just slightly off and it's going on, you know, back to your mind. You're like, Oh, I don't know. But then you're rationalizing it. Don't, don't fucking rationalize it. It doesn't get better. Yeah. If your gut is telling you no, 
it won't get better. If anything, it'll get worse. It doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. better. I've seen it happen to myself, to my friends, where they have that that one almost Achilles heel in the beginning. Oh, um, you know, it's, isn't that bad? They tell themselves, or I've told myself, and it gets worse. It, like people don't tend to improve in relationships over time especially men yeah um you sort of have to set that standard at the beginning and learn to trust your intuition and it's tough because women are socialized to give people the benefit of the doubt yes even when they don't deserve it or haven't earned it yeah and, and be forgiving and so on and so don't do that you really have to and that's actually another benefit of this rotation is it multi-dating i find has helped me undo a lot of that socialization when you get in the habit of saying no to guys it's like a muscle right the more you do it the easier it becomes um, but if you're not used to saying no to men, or if you're not used to cutting men off, the first time you have to do it. I mean, it's a good, I, I think there's like some book about it, but learning to say no is, you, you got to be able to say no. The way no just flies out of my fucking mouth now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think about it. <laughs> it just chucks itself across my lips. That's how good I am at this at this point. Yeah. Like the first few times I struggled with the whole, you know, dropping a guy at the first sign of disrespect, because I used to be the sort of person who wanted to rationalize all of a guy's imperfections. And I would be like, well, I'm not perfect either. And so blah, 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 blah. I should give yes, you time. are. You queens are perfect. And so it's tough the first few times, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. And now it's just, I don't even think about it. I don't even feel bad. You just go for it. And another thing too, with the pre-screening is you can, you can do a lot of the work, at least for the guys you meet online by doing the pre-screen that's in the FDS handbook, um, where you talk to them on the phone and do some kind of FaceTime, either Skype or, you know, iPhone, yeah, iPhone FaceTime, Google chats, whatever, uh, to get an idea of like, there's, there's certain things that don't translate well through text that you'll pick up from talking to them face to face. So by talking to them on FaceTime, you like can when you FaceTime them and they're wearing a MAGA hat, start to notice their mannerisms. You can make sure they look like their picture, you know, look at any tells that might indicate that they're lying, you know, or if, the, you know, if they can't even be bothered to make sure their background doesn't look disgusting when they FaceTime you. True. That's actually so true. You can tell more from their background almost, not more, but you can tell a lot just from their background. Yeah. It's been interesting to watch some of these journalists. This is kind of a side note, but if you've been watching like journalists do a lot of their shows from home, some of them don't bother to clean up their backgrounds, and it's just like, aren't you embarrassed right now? Embarrassed? <laughs> like, embarrassing. I can see your laundry. <laughs> embarrassing. Very embarrassing. Oh my god! Is that like a regional accent? By the way, there was no roast to scrote on this episode. Thank God, no roast to scrote. Come on, give me two hundred likes. We're thirty-four away. I'll give away a membership to my channel. Like, what is that from? Oh, it's a meme. Become a scrote. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard it from like that one TikTok. Oh, I think I know the one you're talking about. She's a British girl called. Um, she's a British girl. Like Rose, and she was like, "Are you not embarrassed? Embarrassing? Yeah, she's like British. Yeah, she's like As British. Like, <laughs> yeah, but also, so yeah." You can do all that, but also, like, you'll start to see, okay, is there a spark here? Is there a vibe? Is this person boring? Is this person distracted? And then after that, you can decide if you want to go on a full date. And also, you can set your boundary, which is, like, I expect to be taken on a date. Like, we already did our little coffee chat, quote-unquote, meetup by doing the Skype thing. So there's no reason to... That is a nice little hack for the girls, actually. If you go, we did our coffee date, sir. Which, again, I think a lot of guys, like, they don't want to do the coffee date either. So maybe this is not the worst strategy. Because I don't know a lot of guys who love the coffee date. Other than the real psychopaths who are like, yeah, I go take them on coffee dates and we do midday smashings. And you go, all right, that's a lot. Try to cheap out <laughs> the next time we meet in person. And I'd also say the pre-vetting call. Don't make it too long. Like, don't spend two, three hours talking to them. Yes. Just, just By the like- way, I forget from the last episode, a bombshell that fucking uh, Savannah said she was born in... What did what year did she be? Ninety six. 
She's in her. She said she's in her twenties. I don't she believe it. Because I always like to say, like from a work standpoint, always keep like meetings as short as possible because people tend to default to one hour. Yeah. Uh, yes. But more often than not, you don't need. You know, it's not going to take an hour. So thirty minutes, like max, you should be able to get a feel of them, and that's that. But don't spend ages talking to them because some men they'll then see that as the date, and then when you ask them. Or you know, when you expect them, sorry, not even ask them to take you out somewhere nicer, they'll just keep you know like, like lowballing you as well, deflecting. A lot of guys do that on purpose to create false intimacy. Yes. And so I've met so I've talked to so many of my girlfriends where they're saying like, oh my god, I talked to this guy for like four hours until like two in the morning, and I'm like, don't do that, don't do that. First of all, what? Like, don't stay up past your bedtime. If you normally go to bed at ten and you talk to a guy at nine thirty and ten o'clock rolls around, you go, hey, I work tomorrow. You know, I gotta gotta hang up, and if he acts like a little bitch about it, next him. Anyways, most of the time, if if he's a good man, he'll respect that. Exactly. So that that also that's. Your I mean, the guy does not want to talk to you for four hours. Maybe he does. Maybe some guys do. Probably not. But he just thinks you want to. It's boundary setting, right? Yeah, it's a matter of boundary setting. That's the first time you set a boundary. Watch how he reacts. Exactly. So that goes to our next point that I think Savannah already touched on is that some people don't like rotational dating because they're like, oh, it's so much time. You know, I'm busy. I have a busy schedule. Again, if you're ruthless with your time and energy. You should be able to pencil it in. And by keeping your dates short, especially your screening dates really, really short, you can really get in. I don't know. Like, I mean, five, six guys a week if you want to. 100%. So what I currently do at the moment is Outlet calendar or Gmail calendar, they get two hours max a week. The ones I like more get longer. The ones I like less get shorter. This is um, sociopathic, I think, what they're describing here. The scheduling. Actually, Martin Shkreli, who was on the Boys cast, everybody knows the most hated man in America, he did this thing where he put out a spreadsheet of all of his... He just put out a spreadsheet being like, I'm, I'm accepting dates. If anybody wants to go on a date with me, and he had all these, like, and people could just fill out and book dates with him. Um, and that's how I play it. So I'm on different days as well. It's not like two hours in one go, but an hour maybe, Tuesday, an hour, like Wednesday. Um, yeah, that's how you can yeah. play it. It doesn't have to be. I think when people think of rotational dating, you have to be spending your entire evenings with men. Don't do that. Um, you can, yeah, you can schedule. I mean, a date can still be high effort without it taking the whole evening. Um, and yeah, and I think that also makes you more, it makes them value your time more if they know that you don't have time for them all the time as well. Um, they, they come correct. Like the guy who gets the most time, he's never been late. For example, if I say, you know, 12 PM and we're in different time zones as well. He's an hour ahead. But if You're I dating a dude in a different time, time zone, it's on my time. He's there literally at twelve p.m. He's literally never been a minute late. And if he is running late, he'll say, "I'm going to be ten minutes late, like thirty minutes before." So they this respect your time more as well. If you play it that way, yeah, and that's why the coffee date thing is such a scam too. Because especially when it's winter time, like I don't want to drive across town. Like, yeah, fuck that. think about like having to dig your car out and then of the snow and then drive across town to have coffee with somebody. Like, I'm not doing that shit. Like. <laughs> And I don't even drink coffee as well. So this is why coffee dates and drink dates. I don't drink and I don't drink coffee. Right. So having oh, a pre-screen Skype fun. date allows you to like sit in the comfort of your own home, you know, cut them off when you're realizing the date's not going anywhere and only leave your house for when a guy has demonstrated that he can one show you a good time plan a fun date and also that he's interesting enough and engaging enough for you to want to spend an evening with him yes exactly. i mean it's not the worst strategy but uh, i guess i don't know sometimes just going on dates is fun even if they suck the other thing about a pre-vetting call is that it sets the standards for how you expect to be treated i think i mentioned you know establishing queen energy from day one day one is the vetting call facts so on to our next subject so let's say you do meet a decent handful of guys and you start dating them meaning like going out regularly on dates how do you how do you deal with uh when they show up and you look different than your photos 
de-escalate the situation if they're trying to monopolize more of your time or trying to push for sex? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's one of those things that's going to depend on... It's sort of hard to... Chicks have real gatekeeper energy, too. ...describe when you're not in the situation. When you're in the situation, it really depends on, like, how... First of all, how pushy is he being? If he's being very pushy, like, very disrespectful, that's when you just basically... You just walk out. You don't even care about trying to be polite. You just say, like... There have been times, actually, where if a guy was being really inappropriate, I just ask him to pull over, and I just leave. <laughs> I'll just pull... I'll just, like... She's like, pull you... over? He goes, yeah, now we're getting there. And then she goes, I'm out of here. You just pull over here real quick? Oh, yeah, okay. Just, like, open the door, walk away, get a taxi home. Yeah. Um, don't let that guy know where you live, definitely. But in the moment, I don't know, there's there's a certain way of communicating where you you just say, like, oh, you, at first, you'll try to be, like, indirect, like, oh, not tonight, or, you know, I had a great time, looking forward to seeing you again, something like that. And if he's a decent man, he'll usually get the message. Like, he, you won't have to say directly, like, I don't fuck on a first date, or second date, or third date, or whatever. A lot of times the guy will just respect that. But if he's not respecting that, like, then that's when you know to move on. How I've played this in the past that I think has been work is I just, like, straight up tell them I like to take things slow and I like a slow ex escalation. Um, so it kind of sets expectations in the beginning because at some point... I mean, that's fine if you actually say it from the get-go. I mean, a lot of guys will be like, uh-huh, heard that before. Try to steer the conversation towards... That's the thing. Is a lot of, what they don't understand is a lot of girls say this and then they don't mean it. It's like if you're starting to um, hang out a lot, you know, you know, you start to ramp up the flirting and you start to ramp up, like, the maybe the touching and then just I just kind of tell them you know I, I date a lot on here and I don't you know I don't know you that well so I like to make sure that you know when I have sex with someone it means something like it means something to me so I like to make out or I'll just tell them like I just like to take things slow I you know I just want to kiss or I just want to see how you I just want to see how you know you kiss or something like that like something playful um but also like sets a boundary of what I'm willing to do yeah and if they're if they're a pushy asshole then they just go guys who are pushy for sex and not giving you your boundary um that's a red flag. And that's when you cut those guys off because they're not going to, they're probably even going to be good in bed. They're honestly going to be shitty in bed. Yeah. That's so true. The guys who are the most pushy for sex are usually the worst. Garbage, garbage. And sex. 100%, 100%, 100%. 100%. They got strong arm women into it because they know that like, there's no repeat customers. <laughs> there's no repeat customers. It's one and done. No. That's why they go for the high pressure sales tactics. It's like the same way that a pyramid scheme or a scam works, right? They do the high pressure sales tactics. They want to close the first conversation they have with you. Because they know that they don't have any repeat customers. Their dick is dry as the Sahara. Yeah, it's really just a matter of like having boundaries and sticking to it. And if a guy isn't respecting your boundaries, that's when you walk. It's really simple. Like you, you'll know in the moment, and that's why we say like a lot of women will say like, "Oh, but what if I don't know in the moment?" Or what, what boundaries do guys? I'm trying to think. I'm like, do guys have any boundaries like this? I feel like they don't. Other than some girl being like, "We got to go to Carbone for our first day," and the guy's like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that." Been in this situation, and I've, you know, and I've uh, succumbed to the pressure and so on. Like. The more practice you get saying no, the easier it gets. Yeah, and there's different techniques. I mean, you, there's it the gets easier and easier until eventually you die alone. A technique, but there's also like if you're on the phone and you're flirting, or you're at dinner and you're flirting, <laughs> like you can tell them prior to you being in the car alone or wherever you are going to be alone, or if you, or if you go to his house, which we'll, we'll touch on house dates in the next segment. But it's it's good to bridge that conversation in a place that's more neutral. So. You know, if you're starting to turn up the heat because you like this guy and you want to make it sexual, but just not necessarily right away, then you can be sexy with him, but just state your boundary while you're being sexy with him. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. When you're stating boundaries, it doesn't have to be like this serious, like dour thing, right? You don't have to be like angrily stating your boundaries, right? There's a certain way of communicating it where it's like playful and, and still sexy. And that's what I meant earlier when I said like being kind of indirect, like you don't want to just be like, I don't know if you are too direct, it'll just come across like socially awkward. 
there's a certain way and it depends on the guy and on the situation but there's a certain way of uh you know, try to be witty with it, you know? You gotta have both in your tool set because Diplomacy some guys do that and those guys are low value men. Some guys you gotta straight up be like, you, I don't want to be touched. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, but that's what I mean. Like if they don't under, if they don't get the indirect, that's when, or if they're just like bulldozing past your polite attempt. But I mean, it sounds like you're not into them. So just end the thing and go home. That's when you know. Why are you dragging this thing on? Like, hey, fuck this guy. And then you move on, right? But if he's a, he's a good man, he'll usually get it when you're being playful about it. Yeah. If you're being flirty and setting a boundary, a lot of shitty guys will take that as an invitation to test your boundaries and push. That, this is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, cut him off. Like, if you're play, if you are playful about setting a boundary and the guy pushes you, that's how you know that he doesn't respect boundaries. Like, he will see that as a signal to try harder. Yeah, there we go. Whereas, if you're playful and friendly about it, in my personal experience at least, like the truly good men will take that at face value and then be like, okay, and like maybe next time, kind of thing, right? Exactly. So if he if he doesn't respect your boundary or if he tries to push more when you're being playful that is an immediate red flag and that is first of all i guarantee you that sucks will be trash <laughs> like, <laughs> I, can like, I can almost bet you like those guys are pushy the sex is gonna be trash so uh that is that is a deal breaker that's one of our red flags i think on the handbook that guys who are pushy for sex like even when you're setting a soft boundary especially if you're setting a hard if you set a hard boundary he's a fucking rapist like run but a soft boundary he may not be a full-on rapist, but he could be, like, a coercive rapist, you know? Like, where he'll just badger a woman into sex and then she just gives in kind of thing because... And that's the energy he's going to take into sex for the rest of your relationship and that, like... And that's going to be a nightmare life. Ugh, that, like, yeah. weird badgering. Like, because it's not seductive either, right? Because think about that. Like, is he trying to seduce you? Is he just trying to, like, attack you? It's just so... It makes me feel like a cornered rat when men do stuff like that. It doesn't make me feel like sexually rat? attracted to them. It makes me feel threatened. Yeah, it immediately sets me in fight or flight mode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it kills the mood when a guy's being pushy. You know, you go from like fun, flirty, sexy to like, oh God, am I going to get like fucking sexually assaulted right now? Right? Like you immediately kills the mood. So yeah, move on from guys like that for sure. And with that, sometimes we get um, some confusion about multi-dating where some women think that if you're dating multiple guys, you have to be sleeping with multiple guys. And friends with benefits is quite a bit different from multi-dating. Yeah, definitely. The difference Explain. between How friends so? with benefits and multi-dating is, first of all, friends with benefits, is it's almost more emphasis on the benefits and not the friends. Whereas with casual dating, it's almost like you're actually getting to know the person, not necessarily as a friend, but like as a sexy friend. I don't know. How do, how a do you sexy friend? Like, you actually want to spend time with that person because of that person, as opposed to friends with benefits, you're just a free hooker, pretty much. <laughs> just a, that's how they see it, dude. They go, I'm just a free hooker in this scenario, but like... Are you not receiving any benefits? Is this a discount rack prostitute? <laughs> yeah. Free prostitute FP. And this is not to drag any like this is not to drag like anyone that's ever been a friend with benefits, but that's just the way that men treat it, right? Yeah, like when guys approach friends with benefits, they think basically are treating you like a masturbatory tool. That's exactly it. Like the men friends with benefits, a lot of times the guy doesn't even care about your pleasure. I mean, I, I mean, they know. might be treating it exactly how you're treating it. Why is that so crazy to think? Oh, but from what I've heard, from what I've heard about other women talking about friends with benefits, like it sounds like he usually doesn't it's he's coming there to for his nut and doesn't really care about you that much whereas with casual dating you are actually getting to know one another as people and at least in theory if you're doing it right should get to know and actually care about one another as a person and care about the other person's pleasure when you do eventually have sex yeah exactly um i think and the other thing too is like we should, we can do a whole other episode on friends with benefits and why it's a bad idea but you know, in order for you to stay emotionally detached from from a guy you have sex with, there's got to be something you don't like about him. Probably low value behaviors, right? Like, so 
having a man around who's not adding to your life in a material way. I mean, it's like dick is first of all, dick is a fun and a low value. Uh, vibrators are. All- I mean, sometimes it's just like a lifestyle thing where you you know maybe you have a busy life. That's all you got time for. I'm very effective. It's almost it's almost hard for me to believe that the value of having a friends with benefits in your life versus like what we propose as a multi dating strategy that the friends with benefits would actually take away from your multi dating strategy because you would be spending too much time investing even in that low investment relationship that's the thing and you still bear all the risks the physical risks associated to it for example stis pregnancy and all that and all that for, for yeah because no guy's ever got an sti from a woman that's never happened before who is, who has to sort of be low value because you wouldn't want to be friends with benefits with a man who's high value you'd want him to be your boyfriend so you have to sort of yeah you have to settle for somebody and again, the risk of orgasms or the risk of, you know, not having an orgasm is exponentially risk of high. Because even guys have said, like, they won't, like, for example, on, like, Reddit and stuff, they'll say, you know, I don't go down on a girl unless she's my girlfriend. But of course, they'll expect blowjobs from their friends with benefits. But anyway, that's an aside. Yeah, it seems almost like friends with benefits seems to be something that women will settle for when they want that guy to be their boyfriend. But the guy is like a commitment phobe or something. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't get that. It just sounds like a recipe for heartbreak, you know? Um, and so if you are casual dating, on the other hand, you're meeting this, and this person, the, the energy is different. When you're casual dating the other person, it's like they're trying to prove themselves. It's like they want you to commit to them. They want you to like them. They're putting effort into impressing you. With friends with benefits, they're not putting effort into impressing you. They're just there to get their dick wet. Like, they're just pulling up. Sometimes girls are too, though. I don't know. Another thing, I've heard some people do friends with benefits, like, with an ex. Like, is that a thing? Where, you know, you break up, but you still want to fuck them sometimes? That's yeah, a, ba- that's a bad idea. That right there that. is the Hall of Fame of bad ideas. Like, prolonging relationships just out of, like, habit after you break up. And sometimes it's just because I, like, need shit. Like, I know I've asked an ex to help me move. <laughs> and still, like, having sex during that time. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's the other benefit of a dating rotation is I, I some guys if I know that they're not husband material, I put them in the manual labor category. That's <laughs> fucked so up. Ever need like help with landscaping or with moving and stuff like that? Guys, um, do not be that level of simping where you're in this chick's rotation for just manual labor purposes. Often, they'll, like pull up and be like, yes, I get to like prove I'm a big strong manly man, cook up heavy things, that kind of shit, and they'll like they'll ego lift my moving boxes. I don't know. Not here yet. What? They're still useful to me. Do <laughs> not be that guy, value, guys. So. Win-win. Yeah, they're adding value. They might not be husband material, but they're adding value to my life, so that's why I keep them around. I don't know. I, the more I talk about multi-dating... Chicks are psychos. No, why? <laughs> I don't know. I, no, you don't. People <laughs> listen to this and think I'm a sociopath. Yes, because <laughs> I mean, you fucking are. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's the benefit of doing this strategy. Like, Imagine, I like, guys, you're like, yeah, I have a bunch of chicks in the rotation. You know, I don't really fuck them, but if I ever need some laundry or sewing done, any tough stains... That's when I pull them out. You really care like, that men are psycho. Yeah, like you have one guy who does manual labor, one guy who takes you to cool restaurants, one guy you do adventure stuff with, one guy who does manual labor for you. Like there's a different guy what? for each uh, function in your life, right? Like that's, what yep, the that's fuck? how I approach casual dating. That's oh, insane. Like, with casual dating, Pathological. We say the man has to be marriage minded. And the reason for that is if the guy is approaching casual dating in a casual way, the woman almost always is going to be less. I mean, it's called casual dating. Why are you approaching? Why are you casual dating if you're serious? Because he's just going to put in less. You should effort. be doing serious. The dating. man needs to be marriage minded, even if you, as the woman, are not marriage minded. Like I'm not marriage minded. I'm not in a rush to get married and have kids. I'm not really into the whole idea of having kids. But dating guys where they want to get married and have kids tends to be a much more beneficial relationship to me. Yeah, because yeah, because you're in just more of a position of power. That's all you want. This is like a power dynamic that you just want to have the upper hand. They're they're working on their relationship skills, right? That's a guy who's actually worked on how to relate to women versus just the other guys who 
again, see online dating as a catalog of free prostitutes. That's exactly it. Like guys who approach dating in a casual way, that's exactly it. They see women as a catalog of free prostitutes. Guys who approach dating where they're looking for a relationship. How many women really think this way? I'm, I'm very curious. They are going to put more effort into trying to impress you. Like this is fringe shit, right? All right. So let's or say you start to it's... zero in on one guy or one or two guys that you're liking. You've been hanging out for a while. Things are starting to escalate to a more sexual level. And you want to do. A Again, I don't think any of these chicks have a boyfriend. Date. We don't recommend Maybe doing one of them house does. dates before you've really gotten to the place where you're seriously considering having sex with this guy. Because once you do a house date, they're gonna, you're, you're, they'll start pressuring for all your interactions to be house dates because they'll start to kind of turn up the, uh, at least the, the crappy guys will turn up the uh, sexual escalation to eleven, and uh, start pressuring you to do the Netflix and chill. And then when you're in his house, that's when you start to get the real psycho energy come out. Like I don't know if you guys saw that TikTok that was posted at FDS a while ago about this guy who was literally screaming at the girl in the background, like, why did you come over here if you don't want to have sex? You know, you'll have to deal with that kind of psychotic energy if you haven't Again, done all the steps. There's dudes who are psychos. There's women who are psychos. I can assure you that most guys are not that psychotic where they're yelling at a woman. That we recommended before. So let's say you are ready to... I mean, the move of your dude and a girl comes over and then you think she comes over because she wants to have sex for the first time and then she doesn't, you'd be like, all right, well, I'm tired. I gotta go to bed. If you want to, you can just see yourself out whenever, but I gotta wake up in the morning and you go just Go to do his that. house. Maybe not have sex yet. And actually, we recommend not having sex the first time you visit his house because what are you doing on that first time? Judging him. Checking out. <laughs> yeah, vetting him. Making sure he doesn't live like a fucking slob. And you also want to make sure that he's not like a man. I mean, but again, what if you vet him and you go, yeah, checks all the boxes. You still are just... Well, you don't want a mattress server. Yeah, a guy with a bed frame. I'm really sad that this is a thing that we have to state. I'm actually kind of depressed because, like, why do we have to tell them that you need a bed frame? What do you need a bed frame for? I mean, I have a bed frame. I've also not had a bed frame. You need a bed. Let me let me explain, sleep on the frame. People listening, it's because mattresses collect a lot of moisture, so you need a bed frame to allow for air circulation. <laughs> if you have your mattress directly oh. on the floor, it'll collect mold and mildew. And nah, I had a mattress on the floor for years. That's not true. So I'm actually very sensitive to these things. That's why I need to have a bed frame that's pretty high off the ground and like with fans and stuff to allow air circulation. I'm very sensitive to mold. Um, so yeah, that's why I don't fuck guys who don't have bed frames. A considerate man would never make you fuck on a bed without a bed frame. No. And that oh, shit's gonna- I've definitely, definitely been with a lot of women on bed, bed frameless beds. Move, right? Like that's the other thing gonna slide around on the floor <laughs> no it doesn't slide around the floor <laughs> like, this is his... misinformation youtube please flag this podcast as miss not mine but theirs is misinformation moving across the hardwood floor yeah what the kind of like low rent yeah you are a queen not a trafficked romanian hooker okay you're not queens <laughs> whoa, <laughs> oh, God, whoa. Yeah. actually traffic romanian hooker they are not gonna like finding out about andrew tate once. Oh boy! Once on a fifteen likes, people. Come on, let's get fifteen more likes. Mattress on the floor, and that's what it felt like. Is I felt like a cheap hooker. And you want to know my conscience story? I didn't have sex on. Okay. Um, on a. I'm gonna say the quiet part out loud. Sometimes girls like feeling like cheap hookers. Not all the time, but from time to time. Mattress, but like I had, he had a bed and everything, but he literally bragged to me. He was like, I really want to downsize my apartment. And I was like, why? And he was like, well, I just feel like I could get rid of some of my stuff and save space. And then he was talking about taking his bed frame out. And I'm like, if I had come over and you didn't have a bed frame, I wouldn't hooked up with you. He's like, I bet I could have convinced a lot of women to have sex on the floor, on the bed, on a bed frameless bed, on a frameless bed. And I should have seen that right there is like testing my boundaries. And like, this guy was like, even though he had a bed frame, he was mentally still uh, a frameless man. <laughs> <laughs> mentally a frameless man. <laughs> <laughs> like, so men mentally a bed frameless man. He goes, even if we have sex on this frame bed, 
in my head, I could I could make it happen without. Mentally frameless. So that's a red flag. Some of these guys out here have bad frames, but like inside they're they're mentally and their minds and hearts frameless. frameless. <laughs> I honestly, this is one of the best things these chicks have ever said because I am mentally a frameless man. I have a bad frame, but I'm a mentally frameless man. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing now. Okay, so that was a red flag. That was a red flag that I ignored in a relationship that I eventually ended. I would literally rather fuck in the forest. Than fuck on a mattress on the floor. What? Yeah. I'd rather that's have crazy. four sex than that. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. At least you see the night sky. <laughs> what if it's yeah. during the day? I'd rather have sex in a tent while camping than on a mattress on the floor. It's just a totally different thing. I, I any know. any man that would even ask that of you is low value. Even if you I'm a low value guys. I guess we found out thing. where I stand. Low value man. I would never fuck on a frameless bed. Dump his ass. Trust me. I know this from experience. Frameless. <laughs> I remember a while back, there's there's a bunch of guys posting pictures of their bed frames, and they were like, "Well, at least now I can date someone from FDS." Like it's become a meme where I only fuck guys with bed frames <laughs> and wash your pillows. And the guys have internalized that, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Suddenly, why do we have to tell you these things? Imagine after this episode gets posted, like sales of bed frames go shoot through the roof. <laughs> All right, relax, chicks. You don't I have that kind of influence. Swear to God, if you sell bed frames and you want to advertise on our show we will read your shit let us know but you're only people who listen to this show are women and men ironically so maybe we'll get like i don't know a sponsorship from like a bed company yeah <laughs> no you won't why would a bed company helix mattresses and be like yeah i've got an episode for you <laughs> yeah and they'd be like you fucking fem cells lose our email and until basic household care basically you go to a guy's house to judge him <laughs> to see how does he live because a man's home is a reflection of his soul if it's messy if it's dirty his soul is messy Uh, and dirty and the other thing is it will be the cleanest it will ever be on the first date if you go there and it's dirty it's not like he's going to suddenly start giving a shit after you've been dating him a while like it's never going to get better than that so and oh here's another thing check the toilet see if he really really cares about you he will wipe the dust and stuff around the bottom of the toilet if he doesn't do that he doesn't care about you that is a good tip guys if you're trying to impress a woman that is actually a good tip they don't have a lot of them but this is a good tip if you're bringing over a girl for the first time and you you know want to want to get her in bed or whatever you gotta gotta Get those those little er- difficult areas at the you know the bottom of the base. They're right Any about skid this marks. one. Yeah, there won't be any freaking brown skid marks she, on the toilet. Talking about skid marks all the time. Yes, obviously clean your toilet. See, and it's there'll gross. be extra toilet paper rolls, and there'll be a little trash can for you to throw out your tampons. Yeah. If you Ew. He'll do these things. Tampons. The thing is, like Gail Dines mentioned, you know, you got to find a guy that's uh, you know mostly good, and then you got to sort of train him up. If he doesn't currently have a trash can, and you ask him to get a trash can, and if he does it, that's a good sign. But if he if you want a trash can and he makes a big fuss out of it, that's a deal breaker. Swipe left. I I mean I again in college I don't know how these guys make it to adulthood and like don't know that women have periods or maybe they just don't have sisters and they've never been around women that had periods. But like I had a guy make a big deal that I left a pad like rolled up in the bottom of of his his trash can in the bathroom, and he was like, "Why well, put my shaving in there?" And I'm like, "Okay, it's trash, right? <laughs> so take the bag out and then like throw the whole thing in the dumpster." But they were like really really upset that like when they uh when I guess his roommate, like this is back in college when his roommate like took out the trash, he could see the pad at like the bottom of the trash bag and it was a clear trash bag. I'm like, okay, so just throw it out. Like what are you freaking out about? I don't know. Yeah. That's a low maturity. Like if a guy gets gross, yeah, you're talking about fucking the dude who is 19 or 20 years old and stuff. Like imagine what it's going to be like to be in a relationship with him. Like once a month, it's going to be sick. Like for one full week, every month, he's just going to be like, ew, like and gross out by you. Like, no, that's not long-term relationship material. Right. And so you're not in relationships um, to cap off um, this episode, a final 
I guess, point in favour of um, of multi-dating is the concept of you're single until you're married. This is a concept that is, that is spoken about on the subreddit, but essentially it is it's it centers around the idea that if a man you know really wants to make you um exclusive to any him like he should marry you because that is yeah well sometimes uh, it's moving a little too fast to just get married like you might there isn't in between there where you're like yeah it's maybe a little early for marriage um like the highest form of commitment and whether you believe in you know, marriage um you know from religious this standpoint. is terrible advice guys you know how many guys are going to listen to this i mean not a lot but I, I don't even know because this is advice for women. But if a guy hears this advice and goes, oh, you know what? I want to be exclusive with this girl. I'm going to ask her to marry me. So many girls are going to be like, what? No, it's way too early to get fucking married, you lunatic. Or not. That is a fair argument because like, marriage gives you all sorts of legal protections that cohabiting doesn't. But anyway, um, this has been, and actually my aunt, um, like story time, she actually had three boyfriends for several years um, and they all knew about each other um, so she multi-dated quite intimately for several years um, and Soops! she used to tell me to you know always have I remember when she told me actually the first time so what, she's in an open relationship if she is about to say that those guys were not seeing other women I'm gonna fucking lose my mind I looked at her like she was crazy because I was like how can you have all that time for you know, for three boyfriends. But she did, anyway. And she was only sleeping with one of them as well. Um, and that was... Shut up. Shut up. No fucking way. Eventually. Um... There was two guys who were literally in the mix with this chick for years that she referred to as her boyfriends, and they didn't have sex? Came to be her husband. Um, but yeah, she she multi-dated until she got married to, to the one that she wanted. Um, and the funny thing was, they, they all seemed to eat out of her hand as well. Queen. That's not the only thing they were eating out. All right. Yeah, that's the thing. When you multi date, your attitude changes and men will eat out of your hand. It is like magic. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I aspire to be like her. Yeah, what do you think they're doing, though, on the times when you're not seeing them? (laughs) They still took her out on dates. They still, like, it wasn't, they didn't treat her any like less than a girlfriend and i guarantee i think yeah for the short periods of time they spent together she was like their only girlfriend but she had three of them yeah okay (laughs) oh they all knew about each other nice so yeah more power to you it's an alpha move there yeah they knew about each other (laughs) your aunt is is an alpha bitch i love that i mean that in the most loving way (laughs) if she thinks those dudes were just waiting for her holy fuck the naivety so, <laughs> bad respect. Base. But um, I wanted to say one last thing about the idea that a lot of women seem to have that you can get the same benefits from multi-dating by just acting as though you're multi-dating when you're not actually multi-dating. And I said earlier, you can't just will yourself to have a different perspective. And the main reason for that is because whether we like it or not, or whether we agree with it or not, in dating, whoever is the less interested party has the more power. And women enter the dating world already at a disadvantage because women are socialized since we're very young to think They're that not way. at a disadvantage. They're at a huge advantage. I guess depends how you think, but in terms of supply and demand, they are way more in demand than men. Marriage and, and having kids and so on. They the dictate the terms in a lot of shit. Most important thing. So women are socialized to be more invested in relationships than men. And men are taught that relationships aren't that important for them and that all they need to do is get laid. That's that's what we're socialized to believe. So because women are already at a disadvantage in the dating world, because we're told to be more invested, that gives us less power. The way to counteract that socialization is to essentially multi-date. That's the fix for that sort of part of our socialization. Multi-dating for everyone! And help you reclaim that power. Good deal. All right, so that's our show. Please check out our Twitter, at Femdetstrat, as well as our Patreon, Patreon forward slash...
All right, that has been Scrotation Management, and we just hit 100 likes, so I am going to give away a channel membership. Thank you, everybody who's been watching. We're going to do one more episode, so don't go anywhere. I just have to give away this membership. Bingo, bango, and we'll see who wins it. Who's going to get the membership? Let's find out, and then we're going to do uh, another another episode. Hinkle McCringleberry with the gifted membership. Shout out to Hinkle McCringleberry. If we hit 150 likes now, I will give away another one. So if you want to like the stream, you'll get you can use um, you can you can get. Uh, some fun features, you get some emojis, I don't know, you get to vote on Low Value Mail, the Low Value Mail Colin show, you get to vote on uh, stuff, things, the topics, you get a discount on merch, it's, it's a pretty sweet deal. Okay, on to the next episode of the Female Dating Strategy episode, that was episode 17, this is going to be episode 18 which is titled Vetting Men from the First Encounter Plus Fish Food, the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, Episode 18. We're just going to start this bad boy off at one and a quarter speed. There's no need to do this on What's up, queens? to torment ourselves. Girl. What's up, Queens? If you like Female Dating Strategy, would you like to see us expand on a lot of different platforms? Then please sign up for our Patreon. We are. This croat deserves to be. Fl- uh oh. This croat on. Uh oh. Com forward slash the female dating strategy. Thank you. Let's start. Sounds like they're roasting All some right. scrotes. Time for another edition of Roast to Scrote on the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. This week's roast comes from Heather, and she starts. Uh-oh. Hi, Queens. Row Lilith and. That's my girlfriend's name. This is gonna be bad. This is how I'm gonna find out that my girlfriend had me uh, roasted scroted uh, like a year ago. Ooh. Savannah. Hey. 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 Right back. hey. Here's my roast to This scrote deserves to be flame broiled, charred, and fully blackened, cremated, <laughs> even, turned to ashes, and thrown into the ocean to strengthen fish's bones. <laughs> He gets deserves to get turned into fish food. <laughs> she she honestly wins like like the roast of the week. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Uh, this is the scrot who was so awful he caused me to find FDS. We will call him Evan. I met him at a choir pre COVID. Okay, not me. Didn't meet chick at a choir. At the time I thought he was attractive, but now Woo! I realize some of the things I was attracted to, such as his dirty casual way of dressing. You met him at a choir? Like you were in the choir? Were low value male red flags, and I have since raised my standards. Work. Anyway, he immediately made an effort to put himself in my way, and we got involved and started dating pretty quickly. I thought that because I met him at a... He put her in his way? He just got in the way. Very nice church where we were singing together. He was probably a good person. Wrong. Ooh-ooh. Let me tell you about church scrotes. This is actually church going to be a little bit of a tangent. I want to hear your roast about church scrotes, yeah. Uh, I literally had a guy say to me that he was going to church that he could pick up on some Jesus hoes. Whoa. Jesus hoes. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, don't assume all the guys that are there uh, are there for good intentions. Sometimes those guys are there because they know there's a lot of girls out there they think are like, yeah, especially youth group. They think, oh, this is where all the like young girls are and I can go. Over- <laughs> what? I've never again. I'm not a religious guy. I don't hang out with particular religious people. Is this a thing? Were you going to religious groups to smash? I used to get a girlfriend. So anyways, 
I digress. Uh, the rest Choir. of the At the beginning of our relationship, we went on a walk around my neighborhood and sat down by a pond to watch some ducks. This is exactly what I expect church dates to be like. He insisted on making a confession that he had nudes on his phone, but he has since deleted. <laughs> this is like so wholesome. He goes, uh, forgive me. I've sinned. I had photos of naked women on my phone, but they've been deleted since. He wanted to tell me for the sake of honesty. I thought that was weird, but all right, I guess. I know people can change if they really want to. It's possible, but not likely. Spoiler alert, he never deleted them. And he even continued the inappropriate conversations for the entire duration of our relationship. I asked him to cancel his OnlyFans and to unfollow and block the naked Instagram girls who would desperately message him asking for money in exchange for nudes because they were, quote unquote, about to be homeless. Wow. Dang, it's really- First off, those are guys from like Romania and India and Nigeria and stuff who just have photos. And then that's a scam they do where they go, hey, we need money out there like that oh it's so it's... empowering join an only fans you'll about to be home i didn't know that was a marketing tool they're like they're messaging guys being like if you don't send me five dollars guys on the first date do not talk about only fans in any capacity to be homeless oh my god that's sad that's so fucked up so so fucked up oh okay uh tragedy so uh she says he lied to me and said he did but he didn't he even once pulled up a porn video of very violent fisting where the woman was clearly in a <laughs> This is the church guy is like, hey, you want to see my fisting video? Men's pain and said that's what he wanted to do to me. I was. What? What? Fisting? This is, they're still on the first date? <gasps> Rightfully so, right? I don't understand the concept of fisting. It's literally. Uh, right here, sister. I have no idea. The whole idea of fisting. I imagine that. It's like, I guess, a chicken and the egg thing. Like, who who wanted to get fisted first? Like, was it a guy who's like, I'd like to fist you? or Just, girl? like, violence against women. The man doesn't get anything except just enjoying the woman's pain. And the woman doesn't get anything either. Like, she's not orgasming from fisting, okay? Yeah, it seems very bizarre. Uh, I don't know. Bizarre. And it's one of those things that I, I don't <laughs> I agree. Uh, Super bizarre. Understand. It's never, it's never thought to me that it would feel better than a penis. But I don't know. Yeah, it's I like never- a penis to the max. It's like, hey, who wants a penis this big? I tried it, but I assume it would be bad. <laughs> uh, okay. One of these three chicks has been fisted, too. It's the one who's not going to say anything. He never asked me on dates. Red okay, red. Savannah's been fisted. I, I'm going to put out that theory. She's been fisted. The fact that she didn't care to chime in at all. Uh, we- Her dry British wit. Just started hanging out at our houses together. I am not exaggerating when I say that he lived in a frat boy halfway house. Five guys in their mid to late 20s renting a five-bedroom house. Believe me when I say it was horrifyingly dirty. (laughs) Cat pee and hair everywhere. They did their dishes by hand, but they, quote, didn't believe in soap. So the dishes were greasy. What? What? They don't believe soap exists or... (laughs) I don't believe in soap. What? I don't believe in showering. I don't believe in brushing my teeth. Oh, my God. They couldn't have sprung for a dishwasher. They have portable ones. They have tabletop dishwashers. They have standing dishwashers. I mean, you don't need a dishwasher. You just get some soap. There's just five of them in there, and they couldn't have... Okay. Uh, Several millimeters of dust build up on the baseboards orange streaks down the walls of the bathroom Ew. mildew and pink bacteria in the bathtub uh okay Ew. this is literally making me sick Ooh. revolting uh had to beg evan to put a trash can in the bathroom and to buy toilet paper because there was none to be found the first time i came over because i don't have money for toilet paper and trash cans i spent it all my money on these fisting videos see 
walk out. Wait, there's no toilet paper? Do they just take a shit and then walk away? And they just, like, leave their shitty asshole? Like, probably. This is what we're talking about when we say that guys don't wash their ass. Guys can go, like, a day or two without having toilet paper. That is an impossibility for women. So I've learned if they cannot stock their toilet paper regularly, like, leave. Don't stay at a house where a man is not courteous, courteous enough to know. I mean, if you don't have toilet... Two things, one toilet paper, and two, a trash bin. Okay, guys bag. also need toilet paper. This is not gendered. These guys are just gross slobs. And we need to dispose of our period products. If they have not figured that out or they give you a hard time about it. First off, if, you, if you're if you at some stranger's house and he doesn't have a, to, uh, a garbage for you to throw out your period products, flush that shit. And that's now his problem for not having a garbage. Wash. Leave. They're just It's just mad stupid. Like anybody who understands anything about women should have those things in their house before they invite him. Like if you have to argue with him about that, that is so stupid. What? <laughs> she even writes it. I guess none of them wipe their asses. <laughs> <laughs> Savannah has maybe the worst laugh I've ever heard on a person in my life. Gosh. Uh, oh, gosh. gosh. Here's where she messed up. Oh, she right here, constantly clog sink and tub drains. I can't believe I even bought Drano for them one time. Cringe. Don't do wipey uh, shit for scrotes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah girl. Shout out to the scrotes. <laughs> I, we've all been sucked into that because I've had that too where there's a guy where you're like, you are so hopeless that I feel like I should clean for you because I feel bad that you live like this, but don't. Yes. Fight that instinct. Just leave. <laughs> you're like, this is not good enough for me. Make them feel bad and walk out. <laughs> yeah, don't do it, sis. Don't do it. That's actually one of those things, like, for me, that's always been a deal breaker, even when I was a pick-me. I think it's just because, like, because my parents were, like, low-key kind of, like, hoarders, and so I got, like, traumatized by that. And so, so I I just, like, that's always one been one of those things. If I go to a guy's place and it's messy, like, I've had guys call me, like, oh, you're such a hypochondriac, you're such a germaphobe, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. I own that. I'm a germaphobe. I'm a hypochondriac. Okay. Like, uh, if a guy can't wipe his ass or if a guy doesn't have a trash bag or has pink mildew in his bathroom, no. So the guys I've dated have always been very clean. But again, you're dating like a dude in his 20s. He doesn't give a shit about this. He's not trying to get married. So he's not like he's because just process of elimination. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Next paragraph. There was copious cannabis use as well as cocaine, LSD and mushrooms. Dude, this kid sounds fucking fun. They would offer, but I always declined, except for one time I agreed to try a pot brownie. Well, Evan did not take dosage into consideration, so he let me eat a full-size brownie. I did not know this was a bad idea, having never eaten weed before. Yeah, you definitely don't. (laughs) You made a mistake by taking a pot brownie from the type of guy you're describing, because he doesn't know the strength of it. So I had a massive dose, and my tolerance was zero. I did the math afterward, and it was over 150 milligrams of THC. No. That's unfortunate. For someone with zero tolerance. I was high for four whole days. <laughs> I was high for four whole days. I missed work. I could have lost my job. Evan thought it was funny. I was livid. I was yeah. livid. <laughs> the introduction makes sense. This guy goes to church? That's why she wants to turn into Are we still talking about the this church guy? Absolutely walking. Biohazard disaster of a human being. Yeah, he needs to be cremated, like, alive. <laughs> <laughs> What? I mean, on, a, on a serious note though like say she had um because because um it's happened to me or someone i know but say she had an underlying heart condition that could have literally killed her and he, and he found okay her. first off nobody's ever been killed from uh, edible like no a bit funny mm. yeah 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 okay so like no, thoughts no. on on weed i know a lot of our subscribers think that like weed is like low value and stuff and so i think for most guys for guys almost always it is yeah if a guy smokes weed he's almost always low value doesn't affect their sperm what? count too so that's another thing if you don't if you want a guy and you think he's going to be the one you want to have babies with, I think you want to be concerned about a sperm count. Yeah, so it's, it's fucking hard in where I'm from to find a guy who doesn't smoke weed. It's like so part of... Yeah, you live in Vancouver. Sorry, sister. Culture. They I all know. do fucking heroin. Like, mm. 
that's interesting i think another consideration is though the amount they spend on it um i'm not a massive i don't have an opinion on weed either way because i didn't grow up around it so i'm not into it but it's more like when you see stories of you know women saying oh he doesn't give me money or he doesn't pay for like you know diapers or whatever but he's spending all his money on weed that's another thing to consider as what about he's spending money on his alcohol which is probably more common where savannah's from yeah that's negative value shit there (laughs) yeah exactly so i think yeah that's something to consider as well how he's how he spent yeah, yeah if you spend all your money on drugs yeah, instead of diapers like once or maybe a handful of times and just isn't super into it like that's fine but a guy who's a consistent pot user no deal breaker um and we continue i visited i visited his family on the east coast for christmas in 2020 the oldest sister owns a three-story house and she rents out the bottom two floors as airbnbs evan and i were supposed to have an entire floor to ourselves but the mom fucked up and rented it out so we had to stay in the attic of the top floor with the family for a whole week his mom and sisters were misogynistic pikmishas who ate me alive i mean i'm guessing based on their son right like yeah (laughs) i feel like that should be no surprise um i brought them presents as tokens of goodwill but they snatched them out of my hands on christmas and never even said thank you his sister is a racist and religious bigot and she (laughs) married a man of the race and religion she hates so she was deeply she can't be that racist happy and took her out her marriage related anger on me okay this woman's stuck on stupid then what is going on like just embrace that with your whole heart like don't force yourself to marry someone of a different culture and like make them and your children miserable like what's the point of that yeah there's a lot of guys who are racist who will marry or date a woman of color and like weirdly like hate fuck them because they fetishize them like you don't have to like something you fetishize you just didn't realize you just get to fetishize it um she mocked me and made fun of me for my nose and face for the way i talked and for getting an education and traveling oh so she's one of those like she's she, she didn't do anything so she's just really mad at life she's one of those in high school like didn't get to do anything with her life and so she's mad at any woman who's like has a better life than her yeah okay uh now i know i'm attractive so i think she was just deeply jealous of me evan's mom made fun of me for my religious beliefs later in the trip i came down with an excruciating i don't understand routine. though but does he not have the same religious beliefs i thought they met at a church choir Full uti from his dirty dick and I had to escape the house. To- <laughs> this does sound like a fucking nightmare. See a doctor her. in a state I was not familiar with at all. Because I had to see the doctor, I missed breakfast. And Evan would not let me eat until later when everyone else ate dinner. The sister didn't feel like eating lunch. So I was denied food as well, even though I was sick and needed to eat with antibiotics. Wow. And what? it was his fault she got it. It's actually quite like wild how um, like, like so many women um, end up getting UTIs and like the fishy smell because of the man's dirty dick yeah don't blame this on guys okay come on take some (laughs) responsibility here ladies so the line about her not being allowed to eat until dinner that gave me like ptsd flashbacks because there was this one time i was uh i was dating guy and he lived in a different city than me so i went and um, stayed with his family and his um, mom was like (sighs) his mom was just one of those like people who just i don't know like she wouldn't like bully me if i like ate outside of like the scheduled meal times and stuff and so yeah i had a moment like that where i missed breakfast and she was one of these like really proud of her eating disorder type of women and would like get mad at women who didn't have eating disorders or something and yeah wouldn't let me eat until dinner and then like the dinner would be like a bowl of soup that's like 200 calories or something it's like basically he was doing you a favor feeding me like starvation diet when i was staying with their family right and then like called me a fatty whenever i went out to go to a restaurant to like buy more food so yeah fuck those kinds of families they deserve to burn in hell <laughs> i'll be turned into fish food oh wow the worst part is evan told me both sides are fish? guilty because i didn't suck it up and put on a face to impress his family when i was sick in bed from something he caused fuck that also the cat fell off the third story balcony during the trip the cat the cat handled the fall okay and was fine i love animals and would never do that because i am not violent I felt horrible until Evan blamed it on me and made up a story that I kicked the cat off the balcony when I didn't. We fought for months after this trip. <laughs> what? So you were told- together for months for the guy again. 
women, take some responsibility here. This guy on your first date showed you fisting porn videos on his phone? And then you're still with him months later? Like, are you not at least a part of the problem here? Holy family, you kicked that cat. You were with him for months after this trip? Like, don't get me wrong. This guy sucks. And his family sucks. But you stayed with him. So what does that say about you? In the plural. Yeah, girl. What? <laughs> it's okay. We're not. No. You're equally. This chick is equally a scroat. She should be equally roasted. Just with stone. But yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um. So here's here's where we get to the Reddit portion. A few months later, I found a post on his Reddit saying how he was still in love with his ex-girlfriend named Julia, who he dated when he was 13. He idealized their open, honest, easy communication. She is now married to another man. I was sick to my stomach. I looked at his phone and found a text that he sent to his family that said, I know who I want to marry, and it's not my current girlfriend. It's Julia. Ouch. Also, don't go through his phone. I hope she and her husband don't work out, and I will get back together with her. I confronted him about it, and he turned it so that it was my fault and i was a i was the terrible person for looking at his phone he was just mad he got caught yeah yeah you think yeah he was bad <laughs> you got caught first of all ladies mm. why do you confront guys like this just yeah leave. like what Ghost. like like when you confront a guy with his cheating or with anything like that you're just giving him an opportunity to lie to you and manipulate you and gaslight you and stuff i mean just again yeah this chick should have left a long time ago solve the mental trouble and walk away if a guy says he doesn't want to marry you he wants to marry his girlfriend he's just waiting around for her to divorce her husband so that he can get in on that you're just like a placeholder and you got to move on sis like there's nothing you can say that will like what do you want like what are you expecting like for him to say some magical combination of words to like you know, relieve your concerns so that you don't have to break up with him. Like, if he met her when she was 13, it's likely that he hasn't matured past that phase because it's, like, everything about him sounds like he never made it out of junior high. He is 13. He has a, has a brain of a 13 year old. Yeah, he's 13 mentally, emotionally, everything. He's probably idealizing the relationship because, yeah, 13, do you have very high expectations of the boys in your class? Not really. But now uh, he's a grown man and he's act like a grown man. And, he, you know, every woman probably other than her has been holding him to grown man standards that he can't live up to. So um, he's idealizing this past child. A relationship he had when he was a child. Come on. Yeah. Anyways, it's, it's... Uh, happy ending here. Uh, I dumped him when I found FDS. Woo! Yay! When I, started to... <laughs> Woo! when I started to really believe that I am the prize and I am worth much more than this garbage scrote and his garbage treatment of me. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. He friended all my family on Facebook, and my mom is such a pick-me-boy mom from hell that she had a whole-ass conversation with him and gave him my personal information like my work schedule. Oh, mom. Oh, mom. Why? She says she has, I have a no-contact order in place now. So it must be that serious, son. Damn. Um, Yeah. This reminds me of Dirty John, the... That legal. Grandmother. I'm obsessed. I just watched the whole podcast show everything i'm obsessed with dirty john's story we need to have an episode about this because it fucking validates everything in fds the grandmother What's was also john? this sort of person or the mother was saying um was also one of these like pick me boy moms where her daughter would come to her talking about her relationship problems and she'd be like oh you gotta forgive him and blah 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 blah. and like guess what this one of her daughters got shot by her husband because of that the end of it is she's just Ooh. saying thank you to fds for helping me understand i am worth so much more and even potentially saving my life so yes you're right literally <laughs> she, yeah so yeah um i really hope all that pink bacteria in his bathtub uh eats him alive when he falls asleep next time yeah i hope he gets a fucking fungal infection or some shit from that I yeah fuck yeah brownies <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the shitty weed brownies. Way too high of those shitty weed brownies. Like 150 milligrams. I mean, it sounds like a pretty good weed brownies. Again, if you take a fucking weed brownie from a guy who's like probably 22 years old or some shit, yeah. Caveat emptor. See, that's like, it's like, it's like 10 doses. That's like so much. Like, 
It's a lot. I yeah. hope his dirty dick swells up and falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Julia. I hope Julia. Uh, I hope next time he tries to reach out to Julia, her, her husband drives over to his house and punches him dead in the face. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god, Julia's husband gives him justice here. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Except he doesn't know because he doesn't listen to this dumbass podcast. Yes. I hope he gets a fucking infection from all the smegma crusting. Oh god, up. I forgot this is the roaster scrub. Under his fucking. They're portion. roasting him now. Probably yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. All right, that's our roast discrote. If you would like to submit your own roast discrote, please support our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. Or support my Patreon, patreon.com slash low value mail, because I have to listen to all this fucking bullshit. And you can submit a roast discrote, a queen shit, or a Nasus, and we will discuss it here on the pod. Thank you. Oh my God, the episode hasn't even started yet. <laughs> What's up, queens? Fuck. Welcome to the female dating strategy podcast, the meanest female only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. And I'm Savannah. And this is Lilith. What's up, Queen? Today we're going to be talking about what kinds of things to look out for before you meet a guy for a first date. Because as things start opening up again... Wasn't this fucking the last episode? There's going to be a lot of desperate men a lot of... for a woman to devour. And you need to make sure that your betting game is on point to filter them out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of thirsty guys walking around out there. There's a lot yeah, of thirsty I, I, ladies walking around out there. And uh, just uh, for some context, this was the date of this podcast was, I can't see it, but it was like a year ago. So this is. I mean, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but since things have started to open back up, I swear the thirst out here is real. Like, cause I'm, I'm out here looking like a bum. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like I haven't practiced dressing for, you know, a year or so. And so like, I haven't been. Oh dressing. God, we got to listen to like the worst fucking hacky covid takes to up really anything special and i swear i'm still getting a lot of attention i think i wasn't expecting <laughs> yeah it looks like they're trying to almost like force interactions with people because maybe they've been inside for a long time yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i mean i yeah. pretty much live in half leisure and so i look pretty kind of half leisure <laughs> so even I if i'm that. going to the grocery store i look like i'm on my way or coming back from the gym like at all times when i'm not working pretty much um but yeah like guys have gotten really really uh bold i haven't been uh i haven't had this much street harassment since i was like 12 years old nice yeah 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 i mean so you you need to strategize um because it's gonna be the same guys that are harassing you know random like women on the street like lilith they're gonna be the same guys trying to slide into your dm so you need to find a way to weed these people out and i would say probably the first rule of vetting is that understand that it will take a long time it's not i mean we've touched on this before in previous episodes but it's worth re-emphasizing because i think some women get sort of um you know freaked Oops. out at the prospect of you know do i have to bet for the rest of my life and it's like well to some degree yes um like vetting is always an ongoing process that's not to say that you you still can't enjoy the relationship when you know after you've you know after. you've ascertained that um he's you know high value and you know you're into it but there needs to be an ongoing betting process um, because you need to be able to um, to acknowledge red flags when they come up and to act on it as well. And the the second part is where it, I think, in my experience, um, it's a lot more difficult to do. So women can verbalise the red flags. They can say, for example, he's taken ages to text me back, or he's really even though you said last episode, Savannah, that that is one of your actual strategies to take long, or it's just that's if a guy does it, he, that's a red flag. Um, he's being quite intense in how. Um, in in you know trying to talk about sex for example but then the action sort of you know falls through a bit they tend it's easy to become quite passive and not doing and not to do anything about it so that's the reason why betting should be an ongoing process and essentially just like anything um you know betting or your betting muscle like so to speak the more you do it the easier it gets um and that's something that i've learned during lockdown as well like the more um you um 
that the more practice you get at like cutting men off at the first red flag or or picking up on their their tell so to speak which we'll go into in this episode it gets a lot easier it gets easier and here endeth the lesson (laughs) (laughs) so how do we implement this we have to take the process one step at a time so how do we start vetting from like the moment you meet the guy and then are there differences you know meeting a guy offline in your life versus meeting a guy online so first steps when you meet a guy does he immediately send you a dick pic swipe left no okay unmatch (laughs) (laughs) like one of the worst messages which is an instant ignore is just a hi or just a hello instant ignore like like, what do you expect me to do with that yeah no when a guy sends out one word messages it's a sign that he's probably messaging multiple women that was i gotta say they're saying this and yeah you don't want to open with like hey hello on especially on like a dating app but uh, for the very brief period that I was on Bumble, one of my favorite parts about it was watching the shoe be on the other foot and watching women have to navigate this whole thing when they were just like, hi, and go, yeah, it doesn't work for and, you either. And True. that's like a... Unless you're super hot. A, a pattern of behavior that you don't want. That's not relationship material, let's just say. They're just casting a wide net, trying to find and the... And hoping someone <laughs> bites, Yeah. Yeah, casting out. I mean, that's literally what you're doing, talking about scrotation. What you- the, the, a wide net, hoping someone bites. And, you know, as we discussed in our Cornelia episode, like low investment means low reward. And so he's just looking for a woman who has extremely low. I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, do women actually reply to these? What kind of woman just sees a high and is like, oh, my God, a guy tested me. Like, you know, like, does this actually work? But I mean, see, depends what he looks like. If yeah. he's cute, if he's actually cute, I'll just write back high. And then see, <laughs> of course, there's. <laughs> Of course. It's like, yeah, if a gross guy messages you hi and you're like, I, I don't even remember swiping on this guy. Yeah, he's not getting a message back. If he's like Prince Charming or a super hot chick and they go hi and go, yeah. Let him do the rest of the conversation. All right. I acknowledge your presence. It's up to you to do more of the heavy lifting. But generally, yeah, I generally I think you're right. It's like low effort from the beginning, low effort all the way through. But I will say I don't on the flip side, I don't like when guys write paragraphs because there's some guys that really and I almost feel bad because you can just tell they must not get a lot of matches. So they just really, really pitch themselves hard from the beginning. And I wouldn't say it's a red flag, but it, it is like a turnoff, you know, because I'm already like, oh, this is like emotional labor I have to do. Uh, the best messages I've gotten labor. from guys online are usually in the form of a question about something on my bio. Um, yeah. And those those at least show that they've read your bio. It's like a couple of lines. So it's not paragraphs right um but yeah so if a guy messages you something like brief but shows that he read your bio that's generally a promising sign yeah and on the paragraphs note as well don't get it twisted these men can they literally they literally copy and paste yeah like paragraphs to different women as well so it's almost the same it's 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 the same so anyways if it's too short red flag too long red flag you got a different side of the same coin of the the one word messages saying hello the paragraph messages these chicks are going to be single forever can also be a cut and paste job and you'll know because because they won't they won't reference it pretty much anything that you've said it will just be very- well if you're smart if you're a guy's your little pro tip for the cut and paste messages, copy and paste or whatever, is you have the copy and paste, but then you have like one like part of your stock boilerplate messages that just says like brackets insert here <laughs> like a few times so you can personalize it a little bit, you know? It'll just be like a stock email that you get when you get rejected from a job sort of thing. It feels like I'm reading a flyer. Like someone just handed me a flyer to read. Yeah. I'm not reading yeah. this shit. Like this is way too much. Hey, I'm Josh, and I'm looking for my soulmate. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Wait, too- guys, do that? Oh, Many exclamation marks. Yeah. 
and too much flowery language. So just make sure that, you know, any message is actually personalized to you. I think what I used to do actually on online dating was I would used to, you know, write about myself, write paragraphs. And then somewhere in the text, I would say, so, you know, when you message me, include this, um, like code word, it will be like a random word, like, you know, for example, you know, like the Martian or banana or something like that. And out of the message I would get, maybe two men would have included the words and the ones who didn't include the word that indicated to me that they had not read my profile. So that was an instant block and delete. <laughs> So that was a good strategy. As yeah, well. that's a good strategy to be single forever, Savannah. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about the, like, tell me the code word thing. Cause I used to do, um, I want to, I don't know if I want to tell this. I story. love how they're like, Oh, don't put men on a pedestal. And they're like, yes, if you do not decipher the code word and then use it in the message, instant block. But there are times where, you know, sometimes you're looking at someone's profile for something not dating related, but they'll be like, Oh, to prove me, you've, uh, read my profile, you know, have this code word and so on. And, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a like what I like to do personally is I'll have um, I'll say something like, oh, when you send me a message, tell me your favorite this or that or, you know, tell me about something that you did yeah. recently like this. Like I'll, I'll yeah, ask them to. Yeah, I'll, I'll solicit. Yeah, this, that's and, and that's actually good because that gives a guy an opening to, you know, you're saying like, oh, tell me about, you know, a recent project that you're proud of or something like that. Right. And then that gives that's a, a conversation yeah. starter. And then if he doesn't, they literally approach us like a job interview. Like that's a job interview question. Tell me about a recent project you're proud of. Take it, then yeah, he's really hopeless. Just yeah. suck. Anyways, because <laughs> you've given him the help. <laughs> yeah, can't if you have a com- can't just have a conversation by offering a conversation starter, and he doesn't do that, then yeah, he's beyond help. So swipe left. Forget it. <laughs> it's like throwing someone. If someone's drowning, you throw them a life ring, and they just like go. <laughs> nah, I'd rather drown. <laughs> So yeah, we've covered. The I would rather drown. Line side. How about? Do you guys have any tips for in-person meeting? So when I meet guys in person, it's it's also because you don't know anything about them, right? Unless they're a person that you know connected from a friend or from work, you almost have to like do all the basics of. Like, Isn't that sometimes the fun part though? Is not knowing anything. Like, what about do you people? do? Where are you from? Talk about their family. Try to figure out their life circumstance. Now, um, this hasn't been as common as I feel like I've started to weed my circle very <laughs> my circle a lot smaller but i remember distinctly especially when i was really young when i would ask guys what they do someone would just be like well i get money or like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's probably a, I'm, a, I'm a hustler i hustle probably a red flag I I'm get a yeah i'm an entrepreneur so i feel like then i would be looking for tells for men he's a drug dealer <laughs> yeah i was looking for tells that men for men who have no fucking job yeah <laughs> that's the first thing you got to do when you meet a guy and you don't know anything about him uh is try to ascertain what he's doing with his life, right? You know, if, especially if you're both out of school. When I was young, when I was in school, and I was like, you know, in my early te- my teens and early 20s, I would just meet all types of guys. And then you really had to do the legwork there to figure out who actually has a job, who's actually in school, who's actually just like a, a street pharmacist, if you will. Or <laughs> pharmacist on the streets. <laughs> yeah, or who's like a, a fake, uh, what's that? What's that like fake entrepreneur? There's a name for it. Like the DJ. Kyles with the MLM, like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the kinds of multi-level. Who's got a multi-level marketing scheme? <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least when women do MLMs, they'll sell like makeup or leggings. When men do MLMs, they'll sell like shitty like thinkfluencer nonsense, yeah. like forex like, <laughs> trading. Yeah, they're like, join my you know MLM for talking about like men's self improvement, and we can complain about women. That's pretty much what all men's self improvement involves. But anyways. He says he's a dating coach. Run. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, run, run. I mean, yeah, if you're going on a date with a dating coach. Send Bolt out of there. 
I agree on guys that who one. are dog trainers, but like not actual dog trainers. Like, how do I explain this? Like, I met a guy who had a TikTok where he talks, where he teaches his dogs to do uh, like Schutzhund, which is uh, like attacking on command. But he's not a professional dog trainer. He just wants a dog that can eat people's face off. I'm like, that's fucking. Okay. You're a lunatic. You're a psycho. <laughs> Never yeah, talked to him agreed. again after that. Anyways. That was very specific, but anyways. <laughs> so yeah, so after that conversation, you usually have to go Google them and see if you can find them on LinkedIn or something like that. Because, I mean, there's guys that have told me they were executives. They are not executives. <laughs> CEO of my... Yeah, and there's girls who say they're hot and they're not. My mom's basement. I've, I've seen guys say, like, I'm self-employed. I find out what they do. They play games on Twitch. Now, you can earn a lot of money on Twitch, but it's a, it's a bit like OnlyFans, really, the top like one percent and i don't think you'd be working part-time in a gro- in a, in a grocery store if you were earning decent money on twitch but anyway continue. sorry that was just my next thing. yeah twitch is just only fans for men <laughs> <laughs> I mean, except we don't yeah. show our assholes on there i'm not on twitch but oh, i'm in right now, but... <laughs> you know that's not wrong twitch is just only fans for men <laughs> twitch is only fans <laughs> <laughs> so that needs to go on the subreddit somewhere that's brilliant <laughs> like just low low effort voyeurism <laughs> yeah low effort voyeurism exactly yeah um yeah <sighs> so yeah so with that i mean and this is one of those times where we're what have i done with my life you're gonna be accused of being shallow but you know see if his overall presentation matches matches the lifestyle he's trying to pretend he lives Yes, there are some guys who are very wealthy that dress like bums or whatever, but generally by that point, they... But also watch out for guys that like dress expensively, but are actually broke, like all of their money. That's more of a red flag, to be honest. I hung out with a dude who uh, I'm not going to name, who is going to be on the boys cast probably in a month from now. And he was dressed like a... I don't know. He was dressed like he just maybe on his way to the gym or something or it was very one of the most casual things and he's like a billionaire they spend on like versace suits but they actually have like zero dollars in their bank account <laughs> guys who are like fake rich or like pretend to be more than what they actually are it really depends on like the culture you live into because there's some places in the country where yes everything's very buttoned up people wear like fancy suits to work and there's other places where especially like where there's a lot of tech startups where the casual look is more in for guys in that kind of arena so there's a lot of guys faking it you know who are trying to say oh i run a startup or i do this or i do that um there's nothing wrong with that i'm not you know i'm not knocking being an entrepreneur um, but it just means that you have to be i mean these chicks are literally trying to be entrepreneurs by having this podcast and this whole a little bit more um disciplined (laughs) yeah a little bit more disciplined a little bit more curious about like okay what exactly is your startup you know it's one thing to say okay i'm creating a product or service that's actually useful to people you know even media even it's a pill that gives worms to ex-girlfriends. If anybody knows that reference. Sure, like a blogger or something that's building. Or content creator online or something like that. Content creator. Yeah, creating creating some kind of value for people is fine. But yeah, but like we said, there's also guys that just have multi-level uh, marketing schemes. And then you got to watch out for those. Because those guys, in order to be sort of successful, like you really have to not give a fuck about people. And some of those guys do a lot of shady tactics. Says like, the podcast that is going to be keeping women single forever. Targeting the elderly. And, you know, you really got to kind of figure out where his his personal morality lies and then figuring <laughs> out his actual ability to execute a business plan. Yeah, because having an ability to execute a business plan is absolutely a high value trait. It's uh, 
it indicates, you know, self-discipline and a work ethic. And those are all good qualities. But there's a lot of guys out there who are pretending to have those qualities so that they can get the, you know, perceived social benefits that are associated with that when they haven't actually done the work. Yes. If you're, if you're dating that in that, yes, and... that kind of pool, that's what you look for. If you're dating more like working class guys, I feel like working guys, working class guys tend to wear their professionals like a badge of honor. Yeah. So it's a little bit more straightforward with them um because you know either they have like the equipment or not right like i i was seeing a firefighter for a little bit and like you know he had pictures in his fire equipment i doubt he went anywhere to like rent this very expensive fireman equipment like to pretend to i mean a- you could just go there and just take a photo in front of a fire engine fireman <laughs> guys little tip if you want to pretend to be a fireman I, I think working class guys, even though I have like a bachelor's degree, I actually very much. Oh, like your bachelor's degree is way. Oh, my God. Like your bachelor's degree is way more fucking worthless than a guy who actually has skills and is like a firefighter. You think that you're above a firefighter because you have a bachelor's degree? It's like dating guys who are like tradespeople, you know, like carpenters, pipe fitters, plumbers, that kind of. That's my niche. That's my dating type. Right. Um, And I, I actually quite I've had really good positive experiences with them. Then the, here's the thing. Like they do make good money like pipe fitters up north make like easily six figures and they're 21 so you know um it's not so about- maybe your bachelor's degree where you make fucking 40 grand a year and you're a hundred thousand in debt maybe not to be shitting on blue collar people it's about money but it's not about money but also that sort of man's often like takes pride in you know taking a woman out doing nice things for her being chivalrous and so on at least in my personal experience I'm not saying every working class guy is an angel, but you know, if you do your vetting right, then you can- they seem very uh, conflicted about the working class thing because she talks about them like they're great, but then also talks down. Find some hidden gems <laughs> because yeah, because they have money, and like also, especially if these guys grew up working class, they may or may not have grown up with money. So when they get money, they're I feel like in some respects they're more likely to want to be generous or share the wealth versus yeah. the aforementioned uh, white collar startup guys. They're so cheap because they're like, well, I have to put money in my business, and like you know, they they might be living on a fixed income because they're trying to pour all their money into their business if they actually have it and then that's actually sometimes a shittier experience i need to save every last penny to you know spend on bitcoin or whatever right like yeah they're gonna nickel and dime everything and so i feel like at that point you really gotta decide okay do i believe in this guy's quote-unquote dream enough to want to keep investing in the state i would almost say like no off top yeah Yeah, and then sometimes those guys end up being billionaires and you don't get to be a part of it. Let him get his life together because because yeah we talk about this all the time about if he does become successful a lot of times that's when guys want to upgrade with women anyways or like that is such a fucked up way of thinking so you're like hey so i'm here but yeah but if this guy does actually become successful at the thing he's working at right now then he's gonna drop me anyway so i might as well just like not stick around you upgrade with women they want to change the type of women they date so a lot of times when you see when you're around these guys that are struggling or they're in the trenches you know it's it's a startup right like it could bust or it could go wildly successful but the question is is as an if you were talking about a monetary investment then you'd almost have a much more uh tangible guarantee on your return on your investment but as a so really these were these chicks are worried that dudes will become high value men and then leave them in the dust because they know in the back of their minds that they're actually not high romantic investment even if he does get successful it's likely he'll want to capitalize on that success in his romantic life and then ditch you anyways yeah you know unless he's like super marriage-minded which is really hard which you know which i doubt for a guy who's not stable then I, i would probably skip it yeah i'd say definitely proceed with caution with these like entrepreneur startup guys or especially a guy who's just starting a business because I've read way too many stories of women where they start dating a guy and he basically treats her like free labor. Like I, re- I remember reading this one story on Reddit where a guy had like a catering business and he had his girlfriend working like 60 hour work weeks for free. 
to start his wow. to invest in his catering business and like he I mean, was but obviously of- he was supporting her if she was working 60 hours so she wasn't working so it's like but to say he was working for free i mean he must be supporting her like a dickhead to her and you know not appreciating her in the relationship literally just like she's just slave labor and so that's why i say like be very very careful with guys who are starting a business one set boundaries about what type you know by the way 28 more likes and i'll give away another channel membership let's see if we can get there we have another 20 minutes you're not going to work for them for their business especially not for free uh if they want to pay you that's that's another matter that you can consider but um and the other thing is guys with these sorts of guys if you invest emotionally or labor-wise in his business early as rose said like once if he does become successful he's just going to probably dump you and an upgrade that's such a fucked up way of thinking holy you an upgrade for someone he you know that's so cynical can get more social social clout by dating right imagine that's the starting off point that you just approach life at you go yeah this guy's gonna if he has any success he's leaving me anyway so what you just like are gonna always try and kind of keep that guy down a bit just so he doesn't get too successful to leave you um yeah or, or date a woman that other men will be like, oh my gosh, like she's total arm candy kind of thing, you know? He wants a trophy, like he'll want a trophy wife to kind of signify that success. Yeah. And he will think, here's the thing, when you when you get with a guy when he's struggling, he will think that you're a loser for being with him yeah, when he was honestly. a loser. So when he does eventually become successful, like nine times out of ten, he will look down on you for being with him when he was broke. What? And that's just the saddest thing about that. <laughs> that's No, that, the that saddest is what... thing is that they think this. Like, yes, some guys, if you take all the guys in the world, sure. Nine out of ten. Man, where these chicks are women wild. really, really, really get led astray. Where the overall cultural message is that, like, oh, if you invest in a guy when he's struggling, then you guys can experience success together. But that is just not how men work, right? Yeah. And they complain. What, what kills me is like, if, if you ever watch these other comedians like Bill Burr and stuff, they continuously complain about gold diggers and how women only show up to the finish line when men are already successful. It's because of bullshit like this. It's because there's no benefit to the struggle because there's no guarantee and almost like an anti-guarantee that if you struggle with a man, that he'll actually be there to support you still when you're doing well, that that's actually more or less the exception rather than the rule. And, and it's, and it's so common. There's names for it, right? Like the starter wife, right? Yeah. The idea that you're with a woman when you're, when you're broke and then you become successful and you divorce her and you upgrade to like a woman. Or I, mean, I don't even like the word upgrade, but like you, you, uh, you start dating. I mean, it ain't a downgrade. Being a woman you wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to get when you were broke, AKA a gold digger. Yeah. Yeah. Guys love complaining about gold diggers. They love complaining about how women wait at the finish line. That was like the first real aboot I've heard from uh, old uh, Roe. And only want guys who are already successful. I'm like, bitch, you brought that upon yourself. Okay. Guys aren't mad at gold diggers. They're just mad they can't afford one. Exactly. So I don't blame. I mean, we don't really particularly do like the hypergamy gold digging content, but it's not like we blame them. It makes total sense. And just to and just to circle back to um and to Lilith's point about working for Lilith. a man's business, I think a high value man would recognize your contributions and he would acknowledge that either in the form of salary or ex- or equity, which would be even better in the business. He wouldn't just allow you to work for free for free on for something years. that like on something that you don't benefit from because a lot of these women they're working for free being social media manager being admin assistant and they don't even have equity in the business so he can literally upstick I mean, again if you're married you do just by default because if you start a business and you're married or in a lot of places common law i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure it's like if you start a business while you're together then that woman owns half of that business obviously if you had a successful business before that then I don't think she has a right to it, but if you start it together, then... Leave, and you're left with literally nothing. And in the meantime, whilst you're slaving away on his business, you're neglecting your own, you know, career or passions to support him. It's just... 
if you are going to go down that route, you need to play it smart and make sure that you're well compensated for your efforts is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And these guys are usually like penny pinching guys too. Like they're like, oh, I need to save every last penny for investing in my business and so on. So yeah, it's not gonna be a fun time. It's not gonna be fun. Like that, that's the thing. Like dating should be fun for you as a woman. Yeah. And so that's why I generally avoid these types. Yeah, of dating should be fun. Here are 700 rules. Guys, like if I want to date a guy my own age, that's why I find young guys who do trades to be like the perfect, the perfect niche. And they're generally pretty gentlemanly too. Not always, but most of the time. <laughs> um, so shifting on a bit. So we, we now move on to initial interactions. So I'm going to assume that in the early stages that the bulk of people's interactions, whether you meet them online or in person, is going to be over over text or instant messaging. And I actually find that these that this is a very, very good way to vet somebody. Um, a lot of the, um, in you know, my experiences, the way a guy comes across in text messages can actually be very revealing and it's not only just about what they do say it's also what they don't say as well so does he is he for for example does he only text you after 10 p.m um if that's the case it's highly likely he doesn't take you very seriously and you're probably the side chick or the side piece um because i mean texting after 10 p.m he's not going to be this is the last episode they had was all about having a scrotation about having multiple men and now you're worried about being the side piece asking you about your day he's going to after one thing which is probably nudes i don't under see i've never understood that because i'm I'm asleep after that maybe i'm like an old lady who just has a a bedtime but like if he texts me after 10 o'clock i'm not going to read until the next morning (laughs) yeah my phone like i have the uh the setting where it puts everything on silent after 9 p.m so good luck trying to reach me (laughs) yeah Yeah, i'm not looking at my they'll know that they can't reach it literally doesn't go through yeah so is he also timely with his um, responses now i think on the subreddit a few weeks ago there was a discussion about what is a good text and frequency personally i i wouldn't want to text with a guy all day i've done that before and it breeds. yeah it's the worst guys don't want to do that shit fucking either um as we've spoken about before it breeds false intimacy and it's a massive waste of your time as well if you, you know high value women have you know shit to do not be texting all day but when i say timely i mean i can't tell if they think they're they must think they're high value right you know, within a couple of hours, if he's taking days to respond, so you text on a Monday, he's not, t- and he responds on a Thursday, yeah, cut him off. That's a red flag. Cut him off. You should be, I'm not saying you should respond instantly because I would expect him to be busy as well, but it should be timely because, and you better not be busy with your startup though. And, you know, women shouldn't buy into the excuse that he's bad with texting or he's really busy. Bullshit. He's not the president. Like, it's complete bullshit. Like, if a, if a guy wants to, to make contact I mean, with Joe you, Joe Biden doesn't even know how to use a fucking phone. He always well no matter how busy he is he always will i mean he had time to make a profile and check his profile on tinder or okcupid or whatever yeah, yeah. so it's one of those things where if you're not interested in actually dating someone and you actually talk enough to exchange numbers you know the clock is ticking as far as that like he's got to know that once he has your number like you're not going to remember him a month down the line he's like hey 100 percent. that's totally valid yeah like i mean once you get the number you're like okay we need to meet up soon otherwise this is going to this is over it's me from tinder like who the fuck you know like you might have met like five more guys after that yeah that's actually literally happened to me where i'll literally like a guy will text me after i've deleted his number and i'm literally like i have no i don't respond but he'll be like hey like acting all familiar i'm literally like i have no idea who you are literally but anyway that's an aside but people try to say especially on some of the dating subreddits and this is where the gaslighting comes in that texting is an indicative of his interest and for me i don't think that's true i've I've often found that when the texting frequency changes as in he goes from responding in a couple of hours to to maybe 24 or even 48 hours 
that's when the the relationship or the entanglement is in its death throats like it doesn't recover after that if he's if he's taking his time responding that's because he's not interested like and we live in a world now where everybody has their phone at close um you know close by like even if because i know in some professions you're not allowed guys i'm hitting the wall at the two hour at the two hour mark of the stream i don't know if all of you have been stuck with this since the beginning props you are all a very high value own on you, which, is, which is fair enough but i think if a guy knows that he's going to be unavailable and he's interested he will tell you um i'm not going to be yeah. available but and he will make concrete plans as to when he will contact you next he won't just leave you hanging and then come back saying i'm busy or or my favorite or my phone was broken bullshit plus, plus phone we always say, it, you know, sooner rather than later try to do the skype meeting or or yeah. you know some kind of facetime meeting so that you're actually having face-to-face interaction and you don't have to spend so much time texting because texting does just suck up your evening if you're not careful yeah yeah so 100 yeah texting is one of those things where my standards are actually very low just because i'm also a bad texter and i generally will only text someone if to like make plans or you know for like something like it has to have a specific purpose i don't really like to just like text back and forth and i really dislike guys who like what are you why do you have so much free time like where you're just texting back and forth for like all day right so if it yeah. takes up to 24 hours to respond i don't really mind just because i kind of do that too um you know, if you're like basically, the sounds of it is these chicks dictate the rules. If you work or you know you're sleeping or so on, but yeah, more than 24 hours, it's like really like have you gone an entire? Has anyone ever gone an entire day without checking their phone? I have times where I've unplugged, but that's usually like deliberate, and I tell people. Yeah, I'll tell people in advance if I'm doing a social media detox. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's that's completely different to just not responding. Yeah, if a guy doesn't text me for like two weeks and then texts me back like weeks later, I'm just thinking, yeah, he probably was like seeing another girl and it didn't work out, and he's just like coming back to see his old prospects exactly yeah yep. when you're getting to know each other yep. it's not like you expect to be number one right away but you do expect yeah. like yeah. the common courtesy for people not to waste your time that's exactly it like i don't ex- when i've just met a guy i don't expect to be his number one but also if he's stringing me along for like days at a time that's just kind of especially because when i text i have a purpose i'm like let's make plans and if he doesn't respond to that for yeah like a day or two then it's like okay clearly he doesn't want to make plans with me that's, yeah that's good advice for anybody that's the reason why i say like responses should be timely i don't put a number on it like he has to respond within two hours or three hours i think it depends on that's a crazy thing to do it it should feel timely like it shouldn't feel like the conversation is stilted because he's taking so long to respond and i think anything within 24 hours at least when you're first getting to know each other is is reasonable i think when i was online dating i would say i think i even gave him maybe 48 hours oh she says she's not online dating maybe savannah does have a man in a generous pick me spirit um and i would say if he hasn't responded (laughs) in 48 hours he's blocked i don't know like blocked yeah uh, blocking is crazy Per, me personally, I would just not respond to them. And then if they message me weeks later asking for a booty call, then blocked. Yeah. Oh, I just straight up blocked. Like, I just, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I just blocked. Just block so on the em. other hand, have you guys ever gotten text vomiters, guys, that just, like, legit fill up your inbox with bullshit? Or or they, they, yeah. they only write a few words per text, and then it's like, bing, 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 bing. That is also annoying. <laughs> yeah, no, I hate that. Yeah. Sounds annoying. Yeah, yeah, like, send me one message. I hate the, like, hey, what's up? How's it going? What are you doing? <laughs> Emoji. Like, as a separate... <laughs> like separate messages that oh my god that just bitches love a good paragraph you know drives my cortisol through the roof there's actually an app that you can create paragraphs and, and it'll send a text message and some guy used like some guy met offline who i immediately blocked because he just kept my phone going off constantly would literally write paragraphs that would be sent to me a text form i was like and i felt bad because i felt like he was trying to impress me but it, and what? I don't know how to say this, but it came across like maybe he was on the spectrum, like really, really smart guy, went to like an Ivy League school. But the way he was interacting with me was so forced and unnatural that I was like, is this working on any woman ever? <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> 
Yeah, he was probably on the spectrum. So can we also talk about the the fuck boy emojis? Across my time, I've always seen like, especially when the guys are fuck boy, they always tend to use the same emoji. So, you know, one I've identified is the excessive use of the winky face or the the the, the cheeky looking face. No, it's not really cheeky, What's but cheeky, like isn't the, it? um. How do I describe it? It's like the sideways looking one. Yes, the that's smirk. it. Yes. Um, and if he uses LOL after saying something that is sexually suggestive, these are probably all signs he's a fuckboy. Yeah, the smirk sign. If you use the winky face emoji, you might be a fuckboy. The smirk, that's it, the smirk the guy, one. Yeah, guys who smirk a lot. Let me, <laughs> let me pull over. Because there's men who I've been, I've done like a- Pull over? What? Skype date with and didn't go further because of like their smirky, snarky attitude. And I was like, who is this for? I don't know if they're just naturally like that or, or if it's like pickup artistry, right? I think the smirky emojis is indicative of them trying to create that distance between you and them where it makes them seem more high value. It's just flirting. Than they actually. See, smirking or just in generally like a contemptuous facial expression to me is a red flag for narcissists. Holy fuck. These chicks are really going in after the emoji usage. They're going to die alone. I know that might sound like crazy to say or like way yes, too much it of a does generalization. Sound. Yes, but it does. In my personal experience, at least like the guys who do that like haughty, like um, narcissistic or that sort of haughty, haughty. Uh, smirk, like they think they're so much better than you and so on or whatever they're usually that's like, not what there's either covert or overt nar- uh, narcissists and <laughs> i don't fuck with that no it's a red this flag is, this is one of the craziest things i've heard these chicks say so far is dissecting emoji usage yeah so the the emojis yeah it, it, either it's a smirky contemptuous thing or it's them taking the conversation too sexual too soon so that smirk almost has a dual bad meaning yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah suggestive smirk and that's another thing as well to to vet for when you're having the general conversations is he showing a genuine interest in in getting to know you um is he asking lots of questions for showing a genuine interest in getting to know those insides um and you know signs to watch out for is is he saying too much too soon um there this is the concept is um it's called future faking and it's basically when um you know someone promises something in the future to get what they want in the present the reason why you know and i suppose i mean the difference between somebody who future fakes and you know somebody who's never heard this term future faking um i'll do something in six by the way 14 we're almost done with the stream for the day but if we get 14 more likes i will give away another channel membership for a month 14 more likes time and actually delivers is that people who future fake they tend to do it because it gets some rewards in the present so say for example you meet a guy and he says i really want us to be to have a serious relationship with you i really see myself being with you um and then you know like say for example you then um um you sleep together for example and then he realizes that actually you know you're not the one for me now people do have the right to change their mind but this is also why i don't recommend women essentially going to men you know saying um you know i need to wait six months before i have sex because there are some men that will put on an act for that length of time to get look if a guy waits six fucking months and you're not like uh have a religion that does that that is a huge red flag on the guy both of you you deserve each other really at that point they want and then disappear um, so future faking is something that you have to watch out for. And I think a tell that's, that a guy is not being genuine is, is he saying stuff that just sounds, I guess, almost too sweet. There's, uh, this, these chicks are so nuts. Cause you're like, okay, if he's too sweet, red flag, not sweet enough, red flag. 
These chicks need their porridge just right. Um, you know, so like, is he is he over complimenting you almost? Like, so it's like, okay, it's too many compliments, not enough compliments. Oh a guy can't possibly know your character within the first few conversations. Um, any compliment that he's <laughs> directing your way. So, do we like compliments or no compliments? It should be based on information he already has. Um, and if it's if he's saying stuff that isn't you know, that you haven't revealed to him or, or, or stuff that is a bit too flowery, he's probably trying to love bomb you and future fake you. So that's a red flag. Yeah, if it seems too good... Everything is a red flag. ...to be true, it probably is. Like, if he's talking about getting married, if, he, if he's getting talking about wanting to get married and having babies and stuff like yeah. that, and it's only been two weeks, it's like, oh Yeah, that's a fucking massive red flag. I would never... Ne I mean, you maybe say hypothetically, not with that person, but if you're like... What about marriage and red fl babies with that person? Oh, my God. And if you're a guy and she does that, run. I heard a guy once say, I love you the first time we fucked. And I was just like, mm. yeah, like in the middle of sex. And I was just like, mm, no, mm -mm, it didn't sit right with me. <laughs> because it's like, yeah, because it's a huge red flag. Much as people rag on FDS for our vetting strategies, a high value man will also be doing the same. He will also be vetting in his own way to make sure that he knows what he's getting into and what he's getting into is what he actually wants. Okay, we are 18 episodes in when they have acknowledged that men have, like, from a male's perspective, that men might do similar and vetting. And, and that he gets into a relationship where he's able to be um, like his authentic self and to bring his best self as well. So he's also betting. So if somebody is like love bombing and, you know, future faking, that is a very good sign that they're low value and insincere because a high value man wouldn't do that. Even if like, because um, I know many like high value men, my brother-in-law's one. He, uh, <laughs> my brother-in-law's um, one. Like from that you know of. The day, I mean, they said at my sister's wedding um, that the day um, his best man was his best friend and his best man was saying how, um, I think a couple of days after he saw my sister and they met for the first time, he was like, that's the woman I'm going to marry. But he didn't then rush back to my sister and then start talking about marriage and kids straight away. Obviously. He might have had that thought initially, but then he continued to vet for several years until he finally proposed and said, yes, you're going to be my wife. So that's the difference between the two. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually so true. And when you This get is common sense here. There are stories of um, men and women who are happily married. A lot of the times the guy will say, like, I knew within the first minute of talking to her that she'd be my wife one day. But the thing is, is like, if he if he's not a total fucking idiot, he's not going to just blurt that out to you and be like, I want to marry you. Like, that's just creepy. Like, that's just too much too yes. soon, right? Um, Guys, ladies. Yes. A yes. Good, a good man, a decent man with a good First off, skills. and also, like, you think women never do that shit? Because I've been on a, I literally went on a date. I talked about this once, but I went on a date, second date or third date with this girl, and she was saying how we were in a relationship and all this stuff. Well, no, to nonsense. build attraction over time. Exactly. And he's going to know that if he says that, he'll scare you away. So, and he doesn't want to do that. So, he's also vetting in his own way. So, um, you know, vetting is not something that is just exclusive to FDS queens. It's something high value FDS men are doing queens. as well in their own way. Yeah, because only low value men have like no standards and don't vet, right? Good exactly. Because, men like, low value men too. just want whatever they can get. That's why they have no vetting process. Like they want to fuck anything. They want to use anything that um, that comes their way. They're not looking for. We'll let them use them. Don't <laughs> let them use them. They're not looking for a genuine relationship, which is why they find the concept of vetting so bizarre. Because you know they're probably thinking, well, if I mean, I was if you don't have a lot of options, yeah, you can't. It's like beggars can't be choosers. If you're the type of guy who does not have a lot of uh, prospects, yeah, you take whatever you can get. Same with women. But I wouldn't get anything, so they just don't. Also, with the conversation as well, I think the comp the way a man... These chicks have fucking vetting privilege. And, I mean, for me like. anyway, the, a man has to be able to hold 
a decent conversation because I'm not out here looking to get bored in my relationships. He needs to be able to hold a conversation about different topics and he needs to be able to, if you don't agree on something, he needs to be able to convey that respectfully. I don't want somebody who's just going to change their opinion to my own. That's happened to me before, um, where they just agree with everything I say. That's dead as hell and it's insincere. But I also don't want <laughs> a contrarian or somebody who just likes to argue for the sake of it. So how he, he carries himself in day-to-day conversation is massively yeah. important. Does he... So no autistic people. ...respect your point of view? Does he does he listen to what you're saying? Like, I mean, reading or hearing you is not the same as listening to you. And being able to vet a man for good listening skills is so, so important because... If you're in a relationship with a man who doesn't, who only hears you and not listens to you, you're going to be in for an extremely bad time. Yeah. Yeah. Social skills with men are highly underdeveloped skills in general. Soft skills are one of those things that you learn through experience, but also hopefully, I mean, if you had, if you had a good home life and great parents, they they hopefully would have taught you a lot of these things. But also as you grow older, you start to learn them and you can just really tell the guys that put in the work, right. In the way that they, they uh, approach conversations, right you know, you seek to understand rather than seek to dominate or, you know, or just be charming, like make the actual conversation fun. Cause I don't even actually, I'm not, I'm not a person that dislikes men that have opinions about things, but like, I don't want to be ranted at for like 30 minutes. Cause a lot of men, when they say I'm opinionated, they think they just are not charming. I just like to talk for an hour uninterrupted. And I like when a woman claps like a seal at everything. Exactly. I say. Exactly. Like and that seal. creates an antagonistic relationship. Cause I'm a clapbacker, right? That's my own, that's my own work Clap that I have to do was to learn how to walk the fuck away <laughs> from those situations because you know, my initial instinct is like, I'm going to fucking destroy this guy. <laughs> like, that's not a healthy <laughs> dynamic to create in your relationship. But I got, you know, I just get so sick of, men and their quote-unquote opinions i always like to end up challenging them or like i do it with like a super dry sense of sarcasm or a way of like asking probing questions that makes them short circuit a little bit no that's what i do i i go i go with the socratic method like (laughs) oh my i could talk about i have so many stories that are related to this but one for example um i was talking to a guy we were talking about country music and he um He's the sort of person who's like, oh, cancel culture has gone too far or whatever. Anyways, we talk about like, um, I put on like the Dixie Chicks, right? And I start talking about, um, you know how Dixie Chicks got like canceled? And like, I think it was like 2006 or something when she said, when she criticized George Bush and like all the conservative radio stations like yeah. banned them and stuff. Yeah, and so I was canceled. like asking questions about that. And like, he said something, oh, well, like she betrayed her, her values or something. And just like asking questions that, and just watching them turn themselves into, turn themselves into knots, trying to explain why that's different from like liberal cancel culture and so on. And so yeah i just get a sort of sadistic pleasure watching guys you know do the mental gymnastics of trying to justify why they're stupid opinion oh you want to talk about mental gymnastics ladies this podcast is fucking non-stop mental correct being able to disagree and have opinions that are you know masterfully discussed and argued but not antagonistic and alienating is a skill yeah right absolutely to say that i don't want to be with a guy that has opinions on anything i think i would be bored if i was with a guy that like never had an opinion on anything right that was more or less go like some guys are very go with the flow and and those guys can be charming in other ways too so i'm not discounting them but you know if you're the other type or you're like your person's very plugged in very involved uh they have to master the skill of artfully negotiating or artfully and charmingly discussing a a topic so that yeah you know you can have a pleasant dating experience with them and it doesn't always put you on the defensive yeah exactly we were talking before this about how i want to record an episode where we where we talk about vetting a guy and this is going to be probably like a whole separate episode where you want to know if a guy has a healthy relationship with conflict Mm. you know you don't want a guy who totally avoids all conflict because if the guy 
you know, if he's a, um, a total doormat and just rolls over and agrees with everything, first of all, he's probably lying. Like, I've seen this a lot with guys and porn, for example. Like, they'll say that they don't watch porn and they don't agree with porn, but they'll just watch it behind your back and lie to you about it because they don't want you to get mad at them. So guys that are very conflict avoidant like that can be just as toxic as guys who are excessively contrarian. And I also don't like guys who are super contrarian either because they often turn out to be sort of... Like, Got a lot of issues with guys here. Abusive, actually. We'll just, like, criticize you and everything you do. Nothing you do is ever good enough. Every opinion you have is wrong. You try. You can't even get a word in edgewise without him, like, making fun of you or whatever so those guys are also like too much conflict you want someone who's in the middle you know a balanced person who you know can respectfully disagree with you and like have a conversation with you about that yeah in like a, in, and also have a good sense of humor about it right because sometimes you're going to disagree on things and it's not going to be a deal breaker if it's like if it's not a big deal, right? If it's something minor, you just let the little things slide. And if you just have a good sense of humor. Yeah, like I thought the election was definitely stolen. Bye-bye, YouTube channel. But it's like, you know, you'll, you'll both just be happier that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, the final point I would like to make also is to... Are we, oh, we're dig bringing it to home. Intuition. Let's get um, uh, and this is something that, six more again, likes. Uh, women aren't really conditioned to actually listen to because we are told we're overreacting or it's not that big a deal or, or, or we downplay... Or you know, the fact that our intuition is trying to tell us that something about this guy is off. I mean, I know from, I mean, from my experience, like my most damaging relationships, I always knew that even though they were saying and doing the right things, at least in the beginning, that something just felt off with them, like really, really off. And I ignored those signs and it ended up being really bad. Um, so, and you don't, you don't need a reason or you don't need a, a legal case as some point to cut someone off if somebody is making you feel uneasy yeah. that is reason enough if you're not feeling it that is reason enough if yeah. you don't want to talk to them anymore that is reason enough i yes, feel like women is. feel like i feel like some women think they need Preach, almost like a legal argument to end a relationship he has what? to cheat on me or he has to do something really egregious and it doesn't have to be that way if you're not feeling it in any way shape or form you can cut it off and you should cut it off as well because if you're feeling uneasy in the beginning those feelings don't go away yeah and you, you'll often find that you were right listen to your guts ladies way, and it'll be guys months and years down the road and you would have encountered a lot of pain along the way that reminds me of um the dumb fox credo if you've read the why men love bitches book she talks about like the just trusting fox. your instincts as a woman and how powerful it is because it's basically the idea that like an animal in nature doesn't really second guess itself right because yeah 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 if they if yeah i know that's true also that goes for every dead animal that you see on the highway they also did not second guess their instincts and they are dead now your instincts are not always to be trusted. they feel like there's a predator nearby they fucking run <laughs> there's no such thing as a vibe check yeah. really right i mean or they just attack it doesn't matter if that the predator in quotation marks is a baby or an old man who's incapable of hurting them they just attack them or run away. They don't just sit there with the room on fire rationalizing to themselves like, this is fine. <laughs> oh, it's like, is there a meme that's like that? This is fine. <laughs> I used to be the sort of person before FDS where I thought that like, I had to have like a good reason to break up with someone. Like if you're in a relationship with someone, yeah. you know, they have to like either cheat on you or like abuse you or do something really bad in order to justify you breaking up with them. Like you can't just break up with them just because you don't like them. Or, you know, I used to think that you can't just break up with someone just because you don't enjoy spending time with them as stupid as that sounds but i want to have entire relations with people where i don't even enjoy spending time with them and i'm like oh well he's not a bad guy like you know so like don't do that like don't do you're that not enjoying this time you're spending with them cut them off there's no shame in that you're not no a bad no person shame. for doing that yeah you, yes, don't, you, you don't have to be around shout out to Lindsay, was just gifted a membership a man for a second that doesn't vibe with you if I, 
we had one betting strategy to tie the rest of these together is like you don't have to be unhappy for a second there's so much no. of our culture that just pressures women to put up but if your standards are too high then you'll just prov- be consistently unhappy you just move in relationship to relationship because they all make you unhappy because you're unhappy inside with like discomfort to outright abuse you know that like we're nobody just, should accept any form of abuse. taking back this idea that like no we don't have to do any of this shit this is all a, like true. free emotional labor that society expects of women that labor. nine Preach times out of ten doesn't particularly benefit or pay off your instincts are probably right you know the questions you're asking and the things that you want to know you know if people try to accuse you of being shallow they're probably wrong right they're probably they, they serve a purpose in bringing you closer to the type of don't forget everyone is wrong and you are right about everything because you are a fucking queen guy that you want so if, if, yeah, if, if there's anything to be said about our vetting strategies, is trust your instincts. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't add some, some women have brought up that because of trauma or because of, you know, bad experiences in the past, sometimes their instincts are not uh, as tuned as they should be. Either they will give too many chances to people who don't deserve those chances and they aren't capable of like sensing danger or they'll be, they'll overcorrect and become like, if he breathes wrong, he's abusive or something like that, you know? And so if you're the sort of person where because of, you know, uh, maybe you had a rough childhood or, you know, had a, a history of abuse in past relationships and so on. Like, please, please go to therapy, find a qualified trauma specialist. I thought they didn't they like eight episodes ago say that therapy is actually like bad because uh, if it's childhood therapy, someone who specializes in childhood trauma um, to work on that so that you can develop and build those instincts and fine tune those instincts. Because the thing is, those instincts were already were always there underneath. You just need help bringing them to service and fine tuning them in practice. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. And you know, just like yeah, just just to tie everything off as well. This I found that since I've been practicing FDS um I guess principles, so things like, you know, looking for red flags, you know, cutting them off at the first sign of red flag, it gets easier. Um and you know, once it becomes easier, dating becomes more enjoyable and a lot less intimidating. And you end up meeting a better quality men as well. Um, because your filter is so on point that you get quicker at filtering out the guys who you know are low value, who are not for you. Um, so then you're more likely to encounter guys who you can actually, um, you know, have potentially a long lasting relationship with that is mutually beneficial. Yeah. And this is counterintuitive to what a lot of the other dating advice that's out there, because so much of it's about like creating connections. Well, Because a lot about the <laughs> dating advice out there is like, hey. Here's like how you could find someone that you can spend your life with. This is their advice is like, yeah, you're going to be single forever, but at least you'll be a bitch about it. And all this kind of stuff, it's always like, quote unquote, communicate and creating connections with guys and trying to be understanding. And the truth of the matter is, is the more you do that, the more you lose space in your life for the right guy. And the more that you are going to make yourself unhappy. And those, those little, if I had like, if I could send a message to my like younger self is that those emotional labors and those little indignities add up and they start to like really, really accumulate in a way that's unhealthy if you don't get really, really good with your cutoff game. So it is almost better to be ruthless and protect your emotional and mental health than it is to make the error the other way. Because the truth of the matter is, is. is, first of all, there's a ton of money on the planet, but also every moment you spend uncomfortable is a moment you could have spent happy with a better dude or at least happy with yourself, right? And so you're more likely to meet the guy that's actually for you if you don't waste so much time trying to build connections with men that are not. And also uh, recovering from bad connections, right? Because even if you have a bad connection, sometimes that could take years to get over. So it's so much better to just preserve your energy so that you are in the right mental physical emotional headspace to invite a good man into your life 
Yeah. It's better to prevent a trauma from happening in the first place than it is to let the trauma happen and then have to yeah, ladies, play defense. deal with that after the fact. Like, I, I see it all the time, like, people saying, oh, like, if you implement all these vetting strategies, then you could miss out on the opportunity of dating a really great guy. And it's like, so what? Like, say I turned down a guy and he actually deep down was like a really good guy all along. Like, I'm sure he's going to go along and make another woman very happy. That's not the end of the world. Like, that's the that's the worst case scenario is like just not having a relationship, which is, you know, if you're single and you're happy with yourself, that shouldn't negatively impact your life at all. But the worst case scenario is... If- I mean, I guess at the end of the day, if you are fine with dying alone. You do give a chance to a guy who you think might be great. He could turn out to be like abusive or, you know, just a waste of time and just like yeah. waste your energy. You and, never know. And, uh, keep you from meeting a guy who you actually yeah, are you never fit know. for. So. Or building your business or going back to school or any type of investment that you'd make in yourself. Yeah. Wait, I thought we hated entrepreneurs, ladies. Uh, and, and, and even if he is the nicest guy on the planet, if if you're not feeling it, he's not the nicest guy for you. And that is the most important thing. That's not to say that he is automatically low value. Oh he's just God, not for you. Wrap he can make another woman happy. But you, yeah, that also counts for something. Like someone can be a high value man and just not for you, right? Just because they're not compatible with you doesn't make them a bad person. But if they're a bad person, they're definitely not compatible with you. <laughs> Just because they're nice, that doesn't mean that they're owed. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even like the word nice. Or compassionate, have empathy. Compassionate, yeah. Holy nice is just fuck. bland and dead, and it should be. It's like the baseline for human behavior, and it doesn't really say anything about their character if a guy is is nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, narcissists can be nice, right? Abusers can be nice, yeah. right? And whenever you hear people yeah. talking about like why they didn't leave someone who was really toxic, they're like, oh, but they were nice sometimes. Like between the times where they beat me, they were really nice. But the, you gotta realize the niceness is part of the abuse. Yes. A lot of people don't realize is that the niceness is part of the manipulation. It's part of the control. And for abusive or narcissistic people, it's part of their abusive or narcissistic persona. Uh, they put on a nice front for the public. And then behind closed doors, they treat their victim like shit. And that just makes things worse for the victim because they see how they're being so nice to everyone else. And they think, oh, like they're being mean to me. I mean, there must be something wrong with me. It also makes it harder for them to get support because other people think that the narcissist is a nice person right so i think we just really need to let go of the oh but they're a really nice person because you don't really know i mean if they're yeah if you're being abused by your partner that's... what that person's like behind closed doors yeah like niceness is a mask basically yeah so in conclusion these are some things to look out for when you're meeting a new guy you know, trust your gut trust your instincts work on yourself and have fun this summer yeah figure out what he does for a living <laughs> figure out what <laughs> he does any of your own tips feel free to drop them in the comments we'd love to read them all right, so that's our show. Please check out our website at the Female Dating Strategy. Okay, that has been the show. That was a fucking grind. You guys, people are saying we need 2X. 2X is too fast. We've tried 1.5 gets a little too fast. We could try 1.5 next time. Um, that was a lot. We're at two and a half hours. Okay, thank you very much, everybody, for fucking slogging it through the low-value salt mines with these chicks uh, from the female dating strategy. I appreciate you all. Have a good weekend. Someone has informed me that every time I end, because I'm doing this in Streamlabs, and every time I end the stream, for whatever reason, it gets cut off. I don't know why, but it does. Anyways, thanks to everybody who watched, listened. If you're listening after the fact, thank you. You guys are the best. Um, have a good weekend. I my brain is my brain gets fried at the end of these. I don't know, but anyways, whenever I hit end stream, it gets cut off. So if it gets cut off, I'm sorry, and then you're not even hearing any of this. But maybe you are because I've rambled enough. You are, anyways. Peace out, everybody. Until next time, have a good weekend. Bye bye.